I have no idea how to start this one, so fuck it. Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Podcast. I am your host, Craft Dwarf. This is my co-host, Mathwiz. Say hello, Mathwiz. Hello. In this episode, I realized that Menuhem is actually a pretty relatable character because he too has a soft spot for uh, adorable dumbasses. <laughs> I was gonna save that for later, but holy shit, Meruem is a Moe fan. Is a Moe fan. That's just uh, Togashi realizes the power of Moe. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So I guess starting off with comments, I have one comment. How many do you have? I I don't know. I didn't really see any that caught my fancy. Okay. And that that's that's not a joke this time. I actually did read the comments. <laughs> um, Gabriel Wright had one um i i just he, he had one observation about how like nen users aren't inherently immune to their power um uh, mentioning how gen threw his uh little flower like he he protects himself with aura so he doesn't hurt himself and um that what it is you know it's neat and i think i, th- I think there's there might mm, i'm trying to remember if there are other characters like that but um but mostly i liked his because com- i i hadn't realized it that was how gone hurting himself in combat was kind of similar to hisoka against castro and it drives home the similarity between the two, um, and their, you know, what they're willing to do in a fight, and how much they like each other. So I was like, oh yeah, neat. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I did think it was a neat connection. Um, I just have to give it more thought as to like, what does it mean? <laughs> it means Gon's gonna grow up and become a creepy clown. No. <laughs> well, we did find we did learn some interesting tidbits about his, uh, I guess, romantic history in this. Uh, this okay so last time i was like hmm great island's really good uh but i don't know chimera ant we'll see how and i read just this first half of chimera ant and i'm like great island was just blown out of the water like holy (laughs) shit i enjoyed this so much like i don't remember enjoying chimera ant this much like it's it's really good (laughs) um like there's just so much to it it's so it's such a good arc (laughs) So this episode is going to be where Mathwiz and Craftsdorf just preach to the choir about how good Commander yeah, no, Ant is. Well, there it does have its, its haters for or, you know, uh, to, to, you know, hundred hundred in general. Like as any popular thing, there you look around, you'll find people who don't like it. But uh, <laughs> like there was one comment I won't respond to because we we haven't. Even, it it was like two episodes premature because it was asking about uh, regarding the Netero uh, fight in the next stretch of chapters, and I'm like. We're not even there yet, and this, that was a comment on the last one. Wait till we get there. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, right, shit. I've, I forgot about one thing before we get into the actual discussion. Going up with this episode is the Patreon poll for the next series we are reading on the Nen Show before we get into the old school block of series starting in 79 before. So... As of now, I haven't made it, obviously, so there might still be some people who get it slip in there, um... The, the series they want to read before I get f- um, before then. But um, so if you're listening to this and you have not given your suggestion, because we have had pa- I have had patrons who don't give uh, haven't given their suggestion yet. Um, sorry, better luck next time. But you can still vote. Um, and yeah, I I was thought I thought like there was only a couple like uh, like two or three out of like five or seven or so like um so that are like really popular. Like so the first two we got were. More or less ones I've never really seen discussed, and I think that's cool. I think, you know, using the Nen Show to talk about these series that don't get talked about is cool. Um, uh, you know, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know, I have no idea how the poll's gonna shape up. Uh, so I set it to only last, or I'm going to set it to only last, like, 
uh, six or seven days because I want it to be um, done by the time we record the next episode because we record like uh, almost a week in advance. So, um, so that way, going going into recording the next episode, I'll know we'll we'll, we'll know and ex- explain what series we're reading next so that we can get an arc listing. Um, if I don't already have one. So, yeah. So then we could figure out what we're reading after Hunter Hunter. Um, cause I guess, or, mm, I don't know. Shit, I forgot the order. We're, we were gonna do Boruto too. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do Boruto afterwards. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> alright, anyway. Into the actual, uh, Chimera Ant discussion. Which starts off with the Chimera Ant Queen. Um, briefly. Like, it, we kinda, we see Golan hanging out with Kite and his sort of pupil, um, his pupils with cuts to the queen and her sort of building up her, 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 the first, um, you know, her army. Yeah. And I kind of mentioned this last time, but it is interesting how the, the tone of the interactions with Gon, Kite and Kiowa at first in the manga are, cause obviously in the anime, things are different. They got to fit in like the, the quick flashback and it's like, Ooh, who's this mystery character? Ooh, who, what are these Chimera ants? And it's all a little, a little dramatic. Um, Mm-hmm. But but here it's more, there's a little bit more of like easing into it because you have like the the characters are looking in the forest and they're using their net abilities to like find these these bugs and whatever. Um, meanwhile, you have all the stuff with the Kabir Ant Queen just murdering things and it's like eh, eh, ooh. And then yeah, no, it's like you have this like lighthearted you know kids hunting bugs in a forest and then you have uh Chimera Ant Queen eating things, creating monsters which eat. Which starts ramping up pretty quick when she she finds humans, um, whew. and then it just keeps going from there. But uh, yeah, it's also kind of neat to see like, oh, this is the kind of stuff hunters normally do with the just general animal uh, species tracking, like something that's not like uh, killing or bodyguard, you know. Um, just yeah, they're just they're good. With, hunters are good with animals, as is mentioned. Um, though I, that also made me think about how like. We have seen hunters that are not very, you know, good with people or, you know, well, not, well, I don't know, we haven't, Hisoka and Illumi came to mind because they're like, they're not liked by people, where I think Kite said that, yeah, uh, hunters are liked by people, or an ideal hunter is liked by people and animals, and I just thought about, mostly it's brought up in stuff after where we're going to read, where, like, the, the hunter system is kind of questioned, and, like, yeah, if there's a certain thing that makes a good hunter and the system doesn't, um, like the hunter exam in particular doesn't allow people like that to pass, basically, or, you know, or then it's, you know, it's, it's a flawed system, basically. So, um, I don't know how the series is going to go deeper on that, but, uh, I just noticed that. But yeah, then you get the, uh, the two kids. No! <laughs> this was su- this was such a gut punch first going through the anime and it's it's still it's still uh, it's still a yeah. gut punch. Yeah. Uh no, cuz when you get the the like kind of diary entries and oh he, he you know he wants to protect his sister and you know this characterization continues on through cult um cuz Khmer ants have you know varying am- amounts of memory of their you know being alive as a human. And, uh, yep. Ooh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, and we're coming up to something I'd say is also brutal. Um, and you'll know when I get to it. But anyway, um, but yeah, the Chimera Ants keep, uh, making kidnappings. You get the, uh, Kites group talking about what's happening. Like, oh, they realize it's a Chimera Ant. They realize that, uh, mass disappearances should be happening, but they're not being reported, which means it's happening somewhere that it can't be reported. So they manage to narrow it down to the NGL. 
Um, well, before we get too far, because I'm oh, yeah. looking at the the little volume insert things, and I I want to oh, I want to yeah. correct a statement I made last time where I was like, oh, Greed Island is the end of Weekly Hunter Hunter, pretty much. I guess that's not technically the case because Chimera Ant, at least up like this reading that we have here, this was. You know, I don't. I looked more at like the hiatus chart, and it's. I mean, like there are there are still a decent number of hiatuses, but it's not like any particularly any longer or more in like a super noticeable. Um, mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Like it's not a super noticeable difference compared to before. Although I am seeing Togashi have the little like, oh, I had to redraw a lot of this volume too. This was even more work, and it's just like the dog slowly disappearing. Oh, no, he's like but... I'm just barely getting by. <laughs> The, that was rough to see the gen- like there's one that's just an ellipse like he just has nothing to say like uh, <laughs> probably not probably giving him some uh, probably pretty close to like you know the the yuhaka show um stuff where it's just like the dra- just the draining work you know so <sighs> but i do i do think it's interesting uh well again i i don't have like the the weekly art to to go off of but like comparing this to just greed island stuff um i don't know like i guess there's nothing that says I don't know. Like if if Greed Island was a particular low point for him, and he managed to kind of rebound a bit before, because like after pretty much like right where we stopped the reading, that's when the first big like year long or whatever or like six month hiatus uh, mm-hmm. happens, and then at that point, I'd even made a joke to Craft Store of like, oh, we should do the next discussion in multiple parts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I followed up with like Chimera Ant. Well, yeah, or, or I thought, yeah, Chimera Ant Part Six of Two, where we just like <laughs> do multiple episodes for every major break, which would be horrible, but funny for like five seconds. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, uh, but, but no, no yeah, yeah, it was just an interesting thing to consider, and I wanted to make that little correction because uh, yeah. last time I was like so certain, like, oh no, Greed Island was the end. But I, I guess like. From the perspective of an entire arc being completed in the, you know, quote-unquote weekly serialization, I guess Greed Island was technically that, and maybe that's what I was thinking. Um, but, I mean, like, we read almost, like, 80 chapters or whatever this time. Yeah. So it, it wasn't an insignificant stretch of time afterwards that it was still going. So technically yeah, I was yeah. wrong. I, no, it's... And going by the volume redraws, like, the art was really good, the stretch of chapters. Um really good at times like holy shit um you know even if it like again wasn't originally released that way um it's Togashi's still a good artist he never stopped being one um you like you know in discussions like I think you know people say that about one he's a bad artist but like if you actually read his manga yeah even if the style is very like sketchy and kind of you know not clean I've never had a, tr- pro- a problem telling, like, what's what's going on. Like, he's a good enough artist with composition and stuff that, like, I can s- I understand what's happening, which, uh, where uh, art- artists with b- technically better um, skill, I've read their stuff and have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, Tokyo Ghoul is kind of bad about that. <laughs> um, which, and I think being able to tell, tell what um, happens is better than, is more important than just having, like, better drawings, basically. Um, so... But anyway, uh, Gon and Kite's group get to NGL, and we sort of learn about, like, how they operate and why, and (laughs) there's a part where they, like, uh, I'm skipping ahead because it's funny, but, um, like, they go on horses, and then when they, uh, (laughs) when they don't need the horses anymore, they run, like, way they okay, we'll we'll leave these horses with you, and then they just fucking bolt off, like, way faster. (laughs) Uh, that was funny, but, um, I'm skipping ahead for that. But yeah, we'd also start getting introduced to the Chimera Ants, um... 
Oh, shit, I passed something I wanted to mention. God. Okay, so when they were first with Kite's group, um, they're mentioning how they're looking for undiscovered species, and they found the uh, camp tiger, I think, or something like that. Um, and they mentioned that it was, like, the first known animal to prefer um, cooked meat to raw meat. And I sort of realized, like, it's small, but it's also kind of setting up what the Ark is doing, because, like, what are they going doing next, except going up against, like, beast people? Um, and, like, so I thought it was interesting, because, like, you could also say that the camp tiger is the second animal to prefer cooked meat to raw, because humans are the first. So he's, like, already likening animals and humans with each other, sort of. So I just realized that was, like, oh, okay. That's so small, but he's, like, setting it up. Oh. Yeah. No, like, there was lots of shit like that, where it's just, it's such a good arc. Um, but yeah, we see, so as we see more of the Chimera Ants, um, we sort of, like, you know, they're conflicting with, the, you know, they don't agree. Like, uh, Colt is kind of, um, he's the one who focuses the most on the queen and getting her food, where the others are like, oh, we eat, uh, humans are on our own, because we feel like it. Um, and, you know, I think the queen has a line that's good, where she talks about how, um, like, when they ask for names, I think. Because she acts, she talks about how they want individuality, but also they're still acting for, like, the collective. Because, you know, they're, they're, and, you know, I feel like, like, you know, that, that comment can also apply to humans. Because humans have their, you know, societies and stuff, but they also have, want individuality. So, um, because basically she's, because she's, I think they mentioned that the only reasons that the Chimera Queen is so big is because she does have some human in her. I vaguely remember that, but maybe I'm wrong. But well, she's I know still she, the... she has the comment um, where she's like amused by the fact that they want names, and she, but she doesn't shut it down. So she's like, maybe there's some human in me after all. That yeah, okay, and I, I remember the other characters talk about it. right. So she's so she has some human in her, but she's still the least human of all the like, oh, well, except for like the really the the peon ants who are only made from animals before she started putting human into them. Um, so it's like yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see her perspective because she's different from the other ants, but also, you know, it's generally setting up the ideas going forward. Um, cause yeah, they just, like, you see that, cause the ants, you know, they, they have like humanity in them in varying levels again because of their memories and stuff. And it's, I don't know, it's just interesting seeing them interact with the, the world. Cause like they gradually learn Nen. Um, which is also interesting of how about how this arc kind of flips the script on something. So, Going, like, coming from the start of the series, like, or the rest of the series, rather, it's like, you have these young hunters who have just learned Nen. Like, they're geniuses going up against all these established, um, hunters and Nen users who have, their skills have fallen. It, especially, like, like, even the, even this chap stretch of chapters, you had the Phantom Troop fighting the ants, and they're like, oh, Phaeton, he's so rusty, <laughs> um, going up against the, uh, Zazan, I think, the one, uh, lady Chimera ant who was trying to become a queen herself. Um, like, you know, so, you know, uh, Castro being the, uh, the others, uh, Suzguera, basically, but then this arc kind of flips it where, like, now, Gon and Killua, they've been Nen users for about a year, and they're, ex so they're, they're, they're still pretty young and green, relatively speaking, but they're also, but compared to the ants, like, the ants are super geniuses who literally were born yesterday and are already, like, god-tier Nen users, so... I just think it's interesting. So, but they don't have good mentor figures. Yeah, so yeah. they're cl they're clumsy. They're clumsy yeah. geniuses up against like 
really experienced newbies who and it's it's really cool it's it's a cool flip to the the whole dynamic that the series has been using so far i was was gonna make a comment about that as well um because i've heard some complaints towards this arc as far as oh nen used to be this like secret thing that you know like all the people (laughs) in the hunter exam like only a handful of people knew it uh, but then all of a sudden we get to this arc where all these creatures know Nen, and they're just like picking it up naturally or whatever. But what I think is interesting, um, as far as that goes, is that we do have characters who, you know, in a way you could say that they're kind of skipping the basics to get right to the Flash. Like you have Chitu, who yeah. has an ability that is completely counterintuitive to what he would want to use it for. It's such a bad ability. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he's a dumbass. He doesn't think it through and he doesn't really even like consider the basics. So he's able to just get, you know, he, he's got this cool power, but it ends up being useless because he doesn't know how to really maximize it. And I think that's kind of the case as well for, um, the lion guy, uh, Lael, um, because he's yeah, he's got he that steals all these powers, right? Yeah, but but in the end, he ends he up getting beat by yes. something as simple as like carbon dioxide poisoning, um, because Morel. So it's like yes. they're beaten by these like these like little minor things, um, and you know, in some cases, maybe it's not necessarily like oh, they were they were done in by their inability to you know master the basics of Nen, but I do think there is. Um, it's still it's it still kind of connects to the the whole um you know like every arc is a training arc you got to master because <laughs> you got to master yeah. the basics and stuff and make sure you have the fundamentals down because if you skip that uh then well i mean you see what happens all yeah. the people get defeated yeah I, d- I hadn't thought about it. I, I i just like the way you frame it where it's like they skip to the good part you know like they get the flashy abilities without having mastered everything and yeah it's it's uh because that's um you know i can see people having that that issue with the earlier parts of the series because it takes so long like it takes till greed island before Killua gets like a cool ability and gone um like and that's over like that's what over 100 chapters before they start to get really actually unique powers you know yeah, like, like if you start the series with rubber like it's already u- u- unique but um so or what were you gonna say well, I was going to say, it's not even until this stretch of chapters where Gon actually, like, na- gets a named attack. Uh, and even then, it's so, like, off the cuff and just like, uh, John Ken. <laughs> yeah, it was an accident, which is funny. But, um, but compared to, you know, like, Luffy, Luffy's got all his rubber attacks. Um, I mean, like, I guess earlier, like, Hisoka had bungee gum and stuff, so it's not... Yeah, but, right. But, you know, like, not, like Shonen, he's not the main character. there's a lot yeah. of, like, these big, powerful named attacks, even if it's, like... Um, you know, like Zoro does different sword slashes, and I'm like, I don't remember any of these names, but they're sword slashes. Um, yeah. So it's like yeah. every attack's got, you know, the cool attack's got to have names because the big finishing moves and whatever. Um, but Gon just has a fishing rod, right? It's like it's which is unique, but it's not like it, it's not flashy. It, it, um, and like he even kind of says like, no, it's got it. The attack has to has have a name, or I think he says that this stretch of chapters, or um, I forget, maybe maybe he doesn't. I'm misremembering something else, but. Uh, no, I don't know. The arc, there's a lot of little things like that in the arc that are good. So anyway, um, so oh, uh, we get recurring characters, Pockle and Ponzu, ah! and then they fucking die. It's it's especially brutal in the anime, like the way um they handle the scene of Ponzu getting shot multiple times. It's just, it's so brutal. Like holy shit. I also think it's um, interesting from like a pacing perspective because in the anime they're there for like a couple of episodes and they sort of space out the cutaways a little more. Whereas in this one, it's like uh, they show yeah. up in a chapter. And it's like, oh, they're here. Oh, they're dead. Thank you, Togashi, <laughs> yeah, for no, killing it's... off the what eighth most popular character of the first poll 
Glad you're giving the, the people what they want. Oh, the, my audience think this character is cute. Better murder her brutally. Like, what an asshole. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it sets up, like, you know, the ants are dangerous. Like, they're going up against established hunter. You know, um, Paco is a hunter. He's got men abilities. And then, no, but he's completely useless against these ants. Like, they're too, they're, they're naturally strong and scary. And I think it's really interesting how the whole, um, how, like, the queen's reproductive system of, like, taking in, like, the traits of whatever she consumes and then, like, that being carried over into the, you know, her children is really interesting because you do get mm-hmm. this sort of slow escalating stakes of, like, oh, they're able to get Nen, uh, and then they're able to get, like, this super strong Nen user. Um, and what was the other thing? Well, then it's also it also ties into how... You know the the individuality of these creatures because normally you think the ants have kind of like you, they're they're very much like a collective which is the in a way kind of like you know it's there's definitely like a juxtaposition of ideas in this arc as far as like you know collectivism and individualism and how those kind yes. of like connect through the ants um, and so like you have all these ants you know wanting names and stuff which you know as part of a collective they wouldn't need to have names or individuality or anything but. You know, they get that, that like, human trait. Um, and as well mm-hmm. as that, like, their individual personalities are shaped by the people they once were, which is really interesting from, like, a characterization standpoint because you get, you know, certain characters who are able to switch sides and they end up having their character arcs uh, continued in the next stretch of chapters. <sighs> yeah, and it's... Yes. Well, it's a, it's going, a really interesting few, um... uh, device to kind of fl- frame the, the... Well, I don't know how to explain... I don't know what, what, what term brought, it is I'm looking for, but... Going forward again, which we're probably going to be doing a lot, um, you brought up the collectivi- collectivism individual thing, and one thing I just realized when you said that was how, like, when the queen dies, they don't have a reason to be a... Cle- like, they even talk about how, like, normally the queen um, stays alive and all the soldiers keep following her as she gives birth to more kings, but then she, you know, dies. So what happens is you have the ants, like, they break apart, they become more individual, but then some of them end up going back to the king. Like, even though they, some of them want individualism and are individual, like, they, so a few of them end up, like, preferring collective, the collective, basically. Um, and I hadn't realized that, how, you know, because they're, they're, you know, volitional animals, they have the ability to make choices and um, decisions, like, and so, yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting, uh, to see how, because th- that's, yeah, they're basically this new race that's just appearing and more or less being shaped by the world around it, um, and of course, also, they're naturally really powerful, um, so, I don't, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting arc, <laughs> but anyway, back to the actual story, uh, Kite, Gon, and, uh, Killua run off, like I, I mentioned earlier with the horses, um, <laughs> The horses are given shocked faces, um, and they run into, basically, uh, really quickly, they run into a Ramot, who is a recurring character we see in the, um, arc. Just this really cruel ant, um. Well, I guess what's yeah, also the- kind of interesting as far as, um, you know, th- taking on the traits of other creatures that the queen consumes and that, we get all these really interesting character designs. Like, the, you have yeah. this one here who's, like, part, like, bird, part rabbit, part ant and it's interesting uh, you're obviously you have like the you have Chitu later who is this kind of like cheetah ant hybrid thing yeah um, and like it, and i like how he does stuff with both the like they have weird body parts like uh like yeah, i don't think Chitu wears clothes but he still ha- like his design still looks 
you know, you know what I mean. And, but then, like, you have Leol, who's got, like, a, a, you know, a shirt and pants. Like, they, you know, they have varying levels of, like, how human they look or choose to look. Um, and, yeah, no, the designs are, are neat, this stretch of because the Chimera Ants offer a lot of unique um, stuff by mixing up animals and stuff. Like, it's cool. <laughs> but anyway, they beat up um, Ramut, and he... Sort of, well, it's like, at first they're like, oh, our blows didn't have any effect, but then he runs away and he's, like, coughing up blood and stuff. Um, so, like, he's, yeah, they don't, <laughs> but it does sort of set up, like, wow, these guys are tough. Like, and this is before they learn Nen, so, scary. Um, There's also an interesting, um, I, I don't know, I don't know how significant it is to the arc, but you, this one, it starts off where, you know, Gon and Kilo are all like, you know, don't treat us like kids, we're pros. Um, but then, you know, there's a degree to which they're, they're still not a hundred percent there. They're like, we, you know, there's the big moment later and they're like, we were naive, you know, we still weren't ready. Um, so. yeah, like they want, you know, they want to be on the same level as the pros cause they, they recognize like, yeah, they're good. They're, they, you know, they're getting to the level where like they can be confident in their abilities, but also they do still have a ways to go. And <laughs> yeah, the, the moment later, oh boy. Um, and it's it's I guess it's still a cool um, continuation of what has been going on before because um, you know again with like every arc in a way kind of being a training arc even in this arc we you oh Chimera Ant it's known for like the palace invasion and all this stuff this big chaotic set piece that happens later uh, but there's still like all this setup where the characters <sighs> they have to you know they have like the preliminary conflict where they gotta you know take on knuckle and shoot and stuff so they still. Yeah are having their training arc even within the bigger scope of uh, the Chimera Ant arc. Yeah, well, like I said, I, this arc is already my favorite in Hunter x Hunter, and I haven't even reread the second part. Like, just this part, I already enjoyed more than any other arc so far, even though, like, the rest of, you know, the, rest of the series is really good, but this was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> so good. I, I was just enjoying it, like, the whole way through. Um, and then, I don't know, it's, well, we have more to talk about, though, so... Um, Anyway, after Kite, after the battle with Ramot, you kind of... Oh, that, the, here's where you get the conversation with uh, Colt about... Um, oh, the yeah, the other ants are eating the rares already. Um, and Colt, you know, kind of argues to uh, that they should um, give them to the queen. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there is one panel <laughs> where uh, Kilo is holding a pair of guns. I'm sure, um, when they're, they're going through the, uh, they're, they're running into the, like the, the area of the people who make the drugs, the, who, oh, um, yeah. and, <laughs> and Kilo's just got these two guns that are very obviously like <laughs> drawn from reality and <laughs> Togashi's a good artist. Um, but like in this case, he's probably, it, it, it doesn't look good. I'm so this is like the one art issue I really have with this. Honestly, the whole manga so far, probably like, I can't think it's just. Just using, you know, real images of, or, like, yeah, I don't know exactly how that was. It, it looks like they were just real images, like, he didn't redraw them at all. Because they just, like, wait, it just, it, it's funny. Um, it's not a big deal, it just, it just really stands out to me. Um, so anyway, they go into the, the dark side of NGL, um, and they run into more ants. Like, what, the, there's this one centaur guy who's keeping humans as slaves, which is really fucked up. And we get more of seeing the two boys against the ants and their weird powers and abilities we get a two-page spread of golan using his uh, scissors for the first time which is you know like like we've said two pages two-page spreads are pretty rare and infrequent um in the series like that is but you know so it was cool 
Although I think I have started to notice um, since like Greed Island, we we've been seeing them a little more frequently. Like early on in the series, you there were they were nowhere to be seen except for like I don't know the first shot of Jing. I think was like the real one where it was like oh man <laughs> big spread. Um, yeah. Whereas now it seems like they're coming up they're coming up a little more often, um, which I don't know. Uh, maybe it's uh, because the series is also getting bigger. Like the ants, like the ants are on the level of the strongest, you know, Nen users in the world, pretty much. Like, um, Netero sees uh, Pito and he's like, "Damn, that ant is stronger than me." <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> an ant that was literally born like a few days ago is stronger than the strongest known person. Uh, you know, or well, he says that he's not the strongest Nen user, but uh, he's still really strong. <laughs> so. What I think is also kind of interesting about this arc um, in relation to this this uh, first clash here is that, um, you know, compared to Greed Island, where you had all these moments of Kila saying, like, you know, talking about how he's killed people before, uh, but how, you know, it's, you know, it's not right to kill people and he's trying to be better and trying not to do that now. Um, you do get the interesting mm-hmm. moment where he has to kind of flip that switch again, uh, going up against the Chimera Ants. Um, and the manga doesn't translate it this way, but I remember the anime. He's like, oh, it's been a while since I... You know, since I've, I, I believe oh, he says it's yeah. been a while since he flipped the switch where he, you know, he's just got that like serious look and then he just, you know, completely wrecks this chimera ant. Um, yeah, because when in, with Greed Island, like it was no killing, you know, and then what was before that? Uh, York knew like they were completely outmatched in pretty much all their uh, actual fighting they did. Um, Heaven's Arena was, uh, you know, more just about like single combat rather than so yeah, he hadn't yeah, had the switch the, flipped on until the hunter exam, which was a year ago now. So yeah, yeah, because even in Heaven Serena, he was like, there was like a moment where he's like, man, it's hard to do this without killing people. Like he was trying yeah, to he find a way. Yes, he threatens the one guy, so he, he likes he switches like his aura, his killing aura on, but he doesn't actually kill. So yeah, oh, which I mean, we'll see. That's oh, um, or what were we gonna say? I was gonna say that's definitely relevant to. Um, the little narrative that Killua has going on in this stretch of chapters <sighs> and how it ties God back and into Killua Illumi so and stuff. Good. Yeah. They're so good. Well, the the two in general have really, uh, have so many good moments this are this stretch. Like, uh, um, but anyway, so one thing I wanted to say, cause I didn't have much to say about the ant fighting. Like there are some fights I just don't have anything to say. Like they're just, um, not that they aren't without purpose. Um, but it's like this one's like building into, um, or no, I'm thinking of the later one where he talks about like, Oh, I, you know, um, I don't respect a guy who talk, talks bad about his friends like that. And then Kite's worried, like, okay, but what if you run into an ant that does care about its friends? Which is, oh. <laughs> um, and then, um, well, but uh, there was a bit um, I like where Kite, like, he, he complains about his ability, his ability. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's random. It's so annoying. <laughs> which is funny. Um, but I figure it's like, like, he, he, I don't know how long ago he made the ability, but like it, it at the at the at the time it might have felt like oh yeah this is novel I could get you know I could get used to this um you know I'll, and it makes my ability stronger but the randomization and then he's like well now it's just annoying because he's he's had it for so like like that's what I took from it like it's just complete extrapolation but I just he's just tired of his ability since he had it for so long um so I don't know it's, I, the idea, that idea was funny to me um who knows what kind of life Kite had led prior to the events of the series. Yeah, that's like the, that. Yeah, he could have been a kid when he made this ability, and now he's an adult, and he's like, "I don't like this ability anymore," even though it's still really strong. Um. I do think, as far as uh, like composition goes, I've always loved the part where um, when Kilo is fighting the one ant, and then he like snaps its neck, but like the panel like flips upside down, and it's like, "Whoa!" Um, 
Yeah, I don't no, know. It's, it's nice. just it's just a good visual for what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to the uh like I said, you get Kite's group talking about the ant heart hierarchy and the royal guards and the king, how they factor into it. And then we get Ramot. He's uh he he got his Nen unleashed like uh, Gonikilo did with uh, just a, a sudden shock of Nen, and um, he starts being able to pass it around to the other ants. Like he just like I don't like you, Colt, so I'm not gonna hold back. <coughs> and so he beats the shit out of Colt and gives him a uh, Nen. Oh, and then we get the uh, the battle against all the ants, uh, where they offer one on one combat to sort of slow the humans down. It's an uh, this is another little moment where it's like the the individuality versus like collectivism thing. Um, because I mean, like, I guess you could say by doing the one-on-one fights, it like, you, you know, cause these people are trying to like stop the queen. So they're buying time to keep them away from, from the queen. So that's like in the interest of the collective, but also the fact that it's carried out through, it's not like the group is working together to take them on. It's like these individual one-on-one fights. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and that way they, like, whoever stops them gets credit for it is one way you can look at it because, you know, so that way they're able to be credited for the individual achievements while still working as a group to stop whoever, like, the people coming after the queen. So, yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely, like, moments of pride here. Like, when the one, um, I forget what animal that is, the one that can, like, roll into a ball. Um, armadillo? Yeah, armadillo. When 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 he goes up um and Gon is like well I'll, I'll spare you if you'll like stop eating people and he's like oh are you mocking me so they're you know everybody making fun of him and then he just dies yeah and then kite just kills everyone <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it's an interesting moment um with regards to to Gon's character too because um i don't know i guess i i think norm i mean like it's not that he's not it's not that he's like an atypical shonen protagonist about the whole like not killing thing but here he kind of just does it and it's not, you know, I think of, like, Yusuke when um, he was fighting the doctor guy, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to kill this guy, and Genkai had kind of stopped him, or she did something to make sure that he wasn't the one who had to, like, finish off the doctor. Um, yeah. And she's like, you know, I don't want that on your conscience. I don't want that to, to mess with you here. Um, but with Gon, he doesn't really have that that conundrum. Like, he does try to give them a moment to, like, spare them, but once he realizes it, it, it's so it's sort of that kind of childish way of thinking where he... Um, what was the specific thing he used? Uh, I don't know. Cause he said he has moments later where he's like, Oh, it's a good thing that, you know, you know, if you like when he's <gasps> talking to, uh, the, the chameleon, Mel- Melio. Yeah. yeah. Me- Melio Rem. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he's that like, scene. Oh, it would be go, a good thing if you, you know, if you did lie to me, it would be fine because then I could kill you without mercy. And he's got like the dead, <laughs> the dead eyes. Um, so it, it does kind of show, and, it, and kite had brought it up too. how, you know, when he's able to see humanity in these things, then there's going to be a bit of a, a moral conundrum there, perhaps. But so long as they're just evil, well, then, you know, he doesn't really have any issues killing them. I mean, like, he'd rather not, but, you know, if it comes down to it, he'll do it. Yeah. And he won't. Because you're right, Gon has sort of, like, he's had a no-killing policy in general, and he's, like, looked down on, like, the Phantom uh, Troop uh, killing, and when they're still able to feel humanity. But here's Gon's, like... He's coming into like where the point where he needs to like you know he he ha- he he sees this, he has to kill more or less like and he's so he's got to make moral judgments and I've never watched Alexander's uh, morality of Gon video um, I'm sure it's interesting but um, Gon's morality is interesting because yeah he's the wide-eyed kid coming into a world and being like there's a moment later where um, I think someone asks Kilo like wow you guys have changed so much in so little time and he's like. 
oh, we didn't change, they changed us, presumably talking about the ants and how, like, their interactions with these guys have, like, changed, you know, and the ways they change, like, because uh, there's, like, an inverse to it. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to Ikalgo and uh, Meliorem, because I think the, the juxtaposition between Golden and Kilo each becoming friends with two Chimera ants, and, like... It, it's it's really interesting because you mentioned like you heard me when you were talking about how like oh yeah if you lied I could kill you he's he's a scary boy Golden's a scary <laughs> boy and people have mentioned that but I'm like oh he's such a sweet boy though and then you get to this part and it's like oh oh no <laughs> it's 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 good but yeah here I I mentioned it earlier because I thought it was early but he's like yeah what if the ants have strong fellowship with each other like what would you do then Gon and composing the question but not answering it um. Ooh, oh, ooh, uh, going forward back to the ants, uh, Ramot's getting, he's getting cocky, he's like, yeah, I have Nen, I'm the strongest Nen user, I can become king, <laughs> and then he has more character development than all of Bleach, when, uh, he, uh, Neverpito comes in, <laughs> sorry, I had to make a super official reference, it's, it's so funny, <laughs> I disagree entirely, but it's funny to bring up. Um, but it's still a really good moment, like, especially when, like, Pito pats his head and, like, you just see the visual representation of, like, what Pito is to Rama. Like, he's just this little mouse. Like, yeah, he's even a rabbit, a rodent, and Pito's a cat. And Yeah, I mean, the the imagery of, like, the hand on the yeah, head, it's, where it's... it's... <laughs> you get, like, the little close-up, it's just like, oh, it's just a small little hand. Oh, my God, that's a giant hand. So it's just, <laughs> just how insignificant, how insignificant Rama is in the grand scheme of things. And even then, like, the the spread or you know like the page where it's just like the big skull over his shoulder and it's like oh nope nope <laughs> no the pre- especially with, like peter's a scary scary ant um though i do want to talk about because the um the manga translation refers to pito as male but to my understanding um e- e- pito is mostly referred to a general neutral pronouns um, yeah that's what in i the, in the original japanese um and of course, the design is very androgynous. Though it does, I think you know some people take take it as more feminine in the 2011 anime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't know. I just thought I thought I'd bring it up because the translation does specifically refer to it, uh, Pito as male. Um, I'll try to stick to gender neutral, but um, yeah, I was gonna say if, that if that has been throwing me off too because I, I I know I've definitely heard people in in you know videos and whatever refer to Pito as female, and I've always kind of been like eh, I, I don't know. Um, well, but yeah, it, this it way. definitely doesn't help. A cat like, girl in, in... or a cat boy? <laughs> well, in the anime too, because <laughs> it, it often seems like androgynous characters are not always, but in certain cases, generally seem to be voiced by like female act uh, actresses or whatever. Um, so people, yeah, like even with, lean with twenty eleven or I, the other. Yeah, I don't know. Because because yeah, with twenty eleven, I think Pito's voiced by a female, and so is Karapika, which we also talked. Like you also talked about how you had someone who was going through the series and didn't recognize. Like, yeah. uh, Karapika was a boy at first. Um, or, and it's yeah, also, so. but it's also like that with characters like Gon and Kila, who aren't, you know, they're not exactly androgynous or anything, but they're also voiced well, they're, by... They're kids, yeah, but that's, uh, which I also mentioned, because kids are a little different because they're younger, so, um... Because if I remember correctly, the issue with, like, casting actual children as children is that their voice changes when they get older, but females are able to, like, imitate a, a child's voice in a way... But also, they they don't their voice isn't going to change as much as they get older. So like, mm-hmm. uh, Krillin and Luffy are voiced by an old woman, um, for example. The in same the as, Japanese. The same with Son Goku from Dragon Ball. That's yes, like the biggest right. um, 
one that people generally think of because yeah, uh, though Goku's a weird example because um, she was cast as child Goku, and then they just didn't change the voice actor when he got older because um, yeah, people were like yeah, as I understand it, it's like Goku was so popular that they were afraid to change anything about him. Like even I remember with Toriyama, like the, there's a story about the ed- Toriyama's editor like being up at night and like waiting at the office for calls of people complaining about Goku getting older because <laughs> it was such a drastic change. Like they were afraid to change anything about the character, even the voice actress. So um, though Gohan also I think stayed, yeah, stayed, it's sort of the same way. Which was uh, though he uh, he did well in some polls, but um, I don't know it's I interesting. Wonder, but I wonder uh, if that just didn't. I mean, I guess we're off on a tangent now, but I wonder if that like didn't kind of just sort of I, I don't even know if I'd necessarily say that that started the trend like maybe it w- goes back even further because I think like Naruto even when when he ages up he still keeps the same Seiyu so eh. I anyways I thought well, oh wait maybe you're hmm sorry I want to check I want to check something um oh you're right okay no yeah I did I didn't know um huh because Naruto's Seiyu is a woman but also because they voice Sabo in uh, One Piece too so um Naruto and Sabo have the same to voice. To tie it back to Hunter Hunter, um, <laughs> in the 1999 anime, they also voiced Gon. Oh, okay, yeah, neat. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, back. Let's let's come back off that that tangent. Um. I also think uh, the moment where because we, I mean we've already seen Ponzu die, but 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 Paco's still alive. He's hiding in the. Oh. He in, gets in it his, worse. Arguably. Uh, <laughs> oh, that moment because it, he's like, oh, I can't, you know, I. I was able to, you know, kind of neutralize the poison, but I, I still can't really move. So I got to just like hide in these bones. And then you have Pito who's just like, why is there a live one underneath the bones? It's like, oh, uh-huh. fuck, it's over. <laughs> no, uh, there's a lot of like things done to make Pito seem fucking terrifying, like right off the bat. Like to, not even just like the skull and the creepy face, but um, like the ominous aura. And then, of course, like, oh, immediately being able to tell Paco because because the scene is seen from his perspective, I think. Like, yeah. um, well, no, he he comes into play. After, no, never mind. He, he, we see Ramot and Pito first and then we see Paco and then like within a few pages. Well, I mean, definitely <sighs> in the discovered. anime where they kind of like, I, I believe they have it framed where like you even see like Ramot like rip off one of the skulls and it's like there's Paco and then it's like cuts to black or whatever. Yeah, no, I've heard some people talk about how, like, there's a lot of, I guess, other scenes added in 2011, too, um, and stuff. Um, I haven't watched it in a while, so, I, yeah, but uh, I don't remember the changes as well, or uh, many at all. It's but, a good um, adaptation, but there are a lot of things uh, through reading the manga that I find interesting in how the manga handles it as well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, <laughs> it's a good arc, um, either way, I think. Um, oh, there's a moment after that I like where Leol, um, he talks about how he was, uh, as a lion, he was the king of beasts. He was, um, he thought he was the strongest. And then he was, you know, he, he was, oh, I'm at the top of the food chain. No, he was eaten by an ant, but then he sort of like recognized like his new power. Ooh, his new power is the ability to learn. So he like, he sees Gon and Chitin Gang and, and he's like, even though he's like, yeah, let's go eat some rares. He sees them. And he's like, mm, let's back up. You know, <laughs> we ha- we can learn. We can be patient, you know? Um, so I, I like that, but then yeah, Pockle gets uh, used. Hit, like his mind is Pito digs into his mind and finds out about Nen, and they're able to learn more about like Nen types and specialization. Uh, Pito's abilities are just uh, the ability to just like turn people into puppets and just. Uh. <laughs> oh, and then we get, oh, then we get the like all this like where you have these two plots building up and they finally meet together when Pito. Um, is it like senses a uh, kite and shit gets real 
fucking quick. Holy shit. Um, Even just with, you know, the the paneling of how, like, you have Pito looking in one direction and Kite looking in the other, and they just kind of, they just sort of blend into each other, and it's like, ah, oh, no. And then, of course, you have the (laughs) shot of Pito just, like, scanning the horizon and just, like, jumping off the, oh, my goodness. Like, there's, like, the panel of, of Pito being, like, way in the background, and then all of a sudden it's just, like, their face, like, a super close-up. <laughs> it's, Pito's creepy. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then, yeah, Kite, like, has to protect Gon and Killua, so he's navel- not able to give his all. And it's interesting to consider because Gon is capable of some crazy power, as we see both in, even the, not only in this stretch of chapters, but in the next stretch of chapters. But, you know, he's, he's stopped and... um like, I don't know, it makes me wonder, like, what if Killua didn't stop him? Because Killua has this caution sense, you know? Um, like, and he's able to save, he saves, uh, he saves Khan. Like, Kite agrees with his choice, and they're able to escape, and they leave Kite to fight Pito. Um, I mean, and, even, and, like, yeah, it's the wake-up call, or what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say, even later, Gon, you know, thanks Killua for stopping him, because he thinks he probably wouldn't have. Yeah. And it, it's interesting the way, you know, it's kind of commented on after the fact, where, you know, the the two of them, like, when, when Pito arrived, like, the two of them were deemed, you know, because they were able to just run off. So the two of them were deemed to be, mm-hmm. you know, not worth it, even in comparison to, you know, a one-armed kite. Um, so it just shows, yeah. like, how completely outmatched they are. Uh, but even <laughs> but even then, this moment will come up again later with, with stuff with Nov and the whole stuff with Aura. And, ah. Oh, yes. Like, okay, and that's the thing I want to really stress about Chimera Ant and why I think I like it so much is because it, it's not only, like, the main characters that are great. Like, I, I've liked side characters before. Like, we mentioned Zeppile and Biscuit and stuff. And the Phantom Troop antagonists, of course, have, you know, been consistently good. But I think what makes Chimera, Chimera Ant stand out to me is all the side characters I like. Because... Um, I like Komuki, I like Moral, I like Knuckle, I like, <laughs> there's a bunch that I like compared to previous arcs where there's only, like, a couple other ones I, I, I like, uh, beyond, again, again, beyond the protagonists and antagonists. Um, so, ooh, <laughs> it's, uh, well, but the cast is just really good in Chimera Ant arc, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is a good moment, because this is, like, yeah, where all the build-up is going, and, it, you know, it sets up the rest of the arc to go, and... Pito's scary like and I, I like how it kind of continues on where they're like they have the optimistic bit where Gon's like yeah Kite is alive I just gotta get stronger to save Kite and then uh, you see Pito just like I'm pretty strong <laughs> with the cat puns and Kite's head in their lap <laughs> it's fucking brutal Pito's like unhurt like I, think I mean th- maybe, this, this whole maybe, moment I think is a really good twist um you know, I guess you could say even more so in the manga. Uh, I don't know, or maybe I'm just bad at real at noticing death flags. <laughs> but you know, when Kite first shows up, I'm thinking, oh, here's an important character. Here's a guy who, you know, here's like the next, the next Bisky, the next Wing. You know, the next sort of like mentor character who's gonna kind of, you know, guide <sighs> these characters to. Nope, he's fucking dead. He's. <sighs> it's brutal. It's fucking brutal. And like even. The like when they rescue Kite later, they're like they think he's just being controlled, and they don't like they don't they don't. No one wants to believe he's fucking dead like so easily. Like I was wrong. Pito's not quite unhurt. Like uh, they seem to have a scratch on their cheek, and some of the clothes are torn. But like compared to Kite, Pito is untouched. <laughs> like holy shit! Like the, there's a power gap between them. Um, 
and yeah, but every like, but no one wants to believe that. Uh, like, maybe, maybe like no one wants to believe Kite's dead because they want to believe they have a chance. Because Kite's not a slouch. I'm pretty sure he's a one star hunter. Like, um, you know, he's up there. He's a, he's strong. But um, it's brutal. It, it's it's brutal. It's great. <laughs> and then of course they get the first meeting with a uh, moral nov and running into Netero again and. Again, it's so good later, especially because, like, Moro's like, oh, they're just kids, you know, go home to mommy. And Nov's like, don't be so harsh, they're only children. But that, like, you mentioned it before with Nov, where th- the way it comes into play, like, like the, the, the contrast with him later, where it's like, they saw that aura and are coming back? They're going to fight it again? And he's like, because he loses all of his will, just like Ramont did, to go against uh, Pito. Yeah. Like, and, so, ugh. I don't know, it's, it's, it's good. Um, like, he even dismisses Killua, because Killua's like, yeah, I can see your Nen, you're strong, I don't think you can take Pito. And Nov's like, yeah, you just tend to, ki- people tend to overrate things when they're in panic um, that they don't comprehend. <laughs> and it's like, no, Nov, y- you just, you don't get it. Like, and it's funny, because, like, um, you get, like, going back again to the sort of uh, Gara. Uh, Kakashi comparison Sasuke made it's like you know I can sort of see where Nov's coming from but you know seeing the whole series in mind it's like <laughs> Nov is wrong um and Moral talks I like when he talks about how like you have to fight like you're going to win which is just like real psychology like I remember hearing um I think it was around the Cold War but um the like the Russian like someone asked the Russian uh, Olympic team how like why were they were winning and the coach was like well I make I make them visualize victory you know and now every sport ever does everything you have to visualize that you're going to win and it helps you win like it's just it, so it like imagine like a hundred times over with Nen where it's like literally an ability that fa- factors into your like emotions and personality and stuff so um, though I will say Moral has that kind of like a uh, Togashi quirk where he draws him really weird at first. And then he figures out how he wants to draw him because more like his chin seems and his nose seem weirder in the first chapter than I remember them being later. <laughs> so. Yeah, he he looks like thinner and kind of more like straggly, but then he kind of I don't know. Yeah, he look like of... he looks almost. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> but like I said, that's normal Togashi at this point. Um, well, in general, like all, all authors evolve over time, but with Togashi, it definitely seems a bit more like quick i say with how he draws the characters um but yeah, netero insists that you know because the ants are eating nen users um they need to exterminate them or risk being um assimilated which is not entirely accurate because there are command ants who survive the arc and we'll talk about that idea in general in the next stretch of chapters i am sure but um it's brought up here so i just wanted to point it out um he also gives kilo and gone the challenge where it's like okay um fight those two assassins and um, we'll just, we, like, we only need help from the strong. Then we get the moment you we were talking about earlier where Gon thanks, uh, Killua so that they can, um, get stronger and go save Kite. And then we get the Kite, uh, decapitation, which is brutal. Um, oh, then we get another side character I like, uh, Palm. <laughs> I like the way Togashi draws her, like, with the, the st- stringy hair and being creepy as hell. <laughs> like, it's funny. Um, Palm is good. Yeah, I like their first little interaction where she's just filling the the cup of uh, is that coffee or tea or whatever she has, but she's just like keeps scooping sugar into it, and they're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's just like completely overflowing with sugar, and she's 
it was it was coffee i just noticed um but yeah <laughs> she's uh and yeah she's like being creepy and um talking about how much she likes nov um <laughs> like she completely just keeps making tangents to nov and it's um because she's uh <laughs> she's a little unhinged um but yeah she explains uh moral and or um moral's pupils uh knuckle and shoot and how they you know like that's because she knows who they are Okay, so, and then we get them sort of talking about, like, training, and they, they get uh, in contact with Bisky, and I love how in the, like, while they're doing their first training with Bisky, their preliminary training, you see Knuckle in the background, like, being very good <laughs> with the animals in the, in the park, like, <laughs> like, there's the one, like, thing uh, where he's in the park and there's a dog um, taking, a, taking a dump. And he's just like, cowards, you deserve to die. And like, oh, you're thinking, oh, it's, he's talking about Gon and Killua, who didn't show up. And um, then he's, but no, he's pissed at the owner of the dog who's not cleaning up after his animal. <laughs> and then when Gon and Killua finally do get there, he's got like, he's surrounded by dogs because he's, he's a good hunter. He's beloved by animals and Knuckles good. <laughs> yeah, this is also where Bisky comes back with, with the new design and it's a good yes. outfit. It's very good. Very good. Um... <laughs> And of course, she like was she, yeah, and then she leaves, and we don't see her for the rest of the arc because uh, she doesn't want to fight ants, which makes sense because they're super dangerous. And you know, she's you know she's selfish, like she never um like she yeah she trains people, like she has that desire, but she ultimately like helped them for because she wanted the blue planet jewel. Um, I also get think her, it's kind like, of interesting her, oh. how um at the end of Greed Island, there's kind of like the the tearful farewell where she's like, oh, I can't stay around these kids for too long; I'll get too attached. Uh, and then, you know, I guess a decent amount of time passes, but then, or I can't, I'm thinking more, I don't know how long it would have been like in the context of the setting, the, how much time passed, but I'm thinking maybe like a week or two. And then she's just like, okay, I'm back. <laughs> True. And then she leaves pretty quickly and, you know, she's, she's done all, all, all she, like there's a, you know, Palm keeps being like threatening, like Palm, she knows her weaknesses and like her tendencies, but she's also unwilling to change. So she's like, like, uh, Bisky's like, is that a threat? And she's like, just, no, I don't want to do it. I just do. And it's, <laughs> and then of course <laughs> she ends up falling for gone because he's a pure and good boy. <laughs> like I'll take it. Anna and NGL, I swear it. Let's pinky swear. And she's, <laughs> she's cute. Um, I do also think that it's interesting that this arc starts out. Um, like it's not even like the, the King is just put on such a high pedestal. Like Netero he's like the strongest of this team they've got together, but he's not even, you know, he might even have a, a tough time against Pito. So it really, really sets the bar. Yeah. You know, like, super high. Like, how are the, they going to be able yes. to? Yeah. It's, it's kind of neat because you, you have the general like shonen thing of like, Oh yeah, here's the main characters. How are they going to beat the main guy when they're not strong enough? But no, it's also like literally Netarode, like one of the strongest end users, at, like in the setting and one of, you know, the, probably like going for the series that we've seen so far is like probably the only one we've seen go all out basically as a, like a really strong Nen user. But, uh, so yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Bisky's training. I like it cause she's like, okay, do Ren for uh, three hours and then, um, then fight Knuckle and, uh, <sighs> Knuckle's really good. <laughs> Because, like, I love how he scolds them when they first show up because he's like, nah, this isn't this isn't how you do a duel. Um, you're supposed to show up uh, five hours late after good night's rest. Like, 
he's telling them to do the Miyamoto Musashi thing where they come in late for like an, a mental advantage and also like they're coming in tired after training instead of fully rested and and then of course at the end we find out that his ability would have screwed over gone um you know he like he could have easily like used it at the very beginning and gone would have been screwed for the entire month basically but he decided to wait until the end to give gone more time to train he's so good yeah <laughs> Oh, and this yeah, is and also even, where the cover... Or, oh, go on. Well, I was going to say, even then, Knuckle. Knuck, Knuckles' ability is... Like, he's one of the... One, probably one of the most pure-hearted characters in the series because his ability is one that deliberately kind of avoids, you know... He tries to avoid killing people or, like, avoid, you know, inflicting any, like, super serious harm on people if he can. Um, because, like, his ability... Yeah, it just... It, it, right. it's, it just suppresses their aura. And so, like, he pacifies his opponents while attempting to, like, passively defeat them. so it... Yeah, and he doesn't even have to do anything. Like, he, yeah, he can, like, hit you and keep hitting you to give you more uh, Nen damage, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to. He just needs to stay by you. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it like that. It is a very pacifying ability. Um, and the one that doesn't need you to hurt your opponent. So, Knuckles is very good. Yeah, and from the lens of, you know, his 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 opponent, it's, it's a way to... Um... You know, he doesn't have to finish them off, but also, you know, it keeps them... I don't know, it's like the 30 days where where they're, you know, their aura is suppressed, and I don't know, so it gives them a chance to, I don't know, reflect or whatever. I don't know, he, he's yeah, good. They can't, yeah, they, they can't act on their will for a, a period of time, so it, it, no, it's good. Also, this is where you get the two-page uh, cover page of uh, uh, Kurapika and Leorio asking, when is it our turn? <laughs> we haven't been in the story for a while. Can we have a turn? No, you have at least like eighty, ch- like another hundred, or like it's uh, gonna be a while, guys. You Sorry. have at least like eight more years until you'll return. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny. I do think this arc is kind of interesting from that perspective, though, because um, like on top of these characters not being involved, because uh, I know as someone who it's a little, I guess it's a little different. Uh, going through the manga and seeing, you know, Togashi still kind of making these references every now and then in, you know, color page spreads or whatever it is that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but like from the perspective of someone who, who had seen the anime, I had a concern. Oh, it, it, Togashi, he, it had been so long since he had written these characters. I wonder, you know, does he even still know how to write them or are they going to feel a little different when they come back? Hmm. Um, but thinking about it from the pers- um because he starts dropping hints for the the election arc in because he starts yes. mentioning you know like the politics of the hunter the association vice, yes. the vice chairman um so even though this arc took a while to be published and took a while to finish um it, it's he clear that he still ahead. has right yeah he's still got ideas that are you know be working here so Karapika and leorio um yeah stuff stuff to do for them he just it just took him a while to get there yep um uh, so anyway there's a there's a moment where um knuckle asks um like he he wants going to use 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 the technique hit me with all you've got and uh, and he gets knocked like knuckle loses but it's not like a real victory so they don't want to accept it of course but like i love there's like i don't know if it's a reference or something but it's really funny um when they're like knuckle are you okay and he's like i knew i could count on you and they like passes the fuck out and there's a bunch of action lines and like is this a reference to something is what is it's what is this it's it's funny um but Knuckles really good, <laughs> I'll say for the the millionth time, with a million more times to go. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure if that panel makes me think sort of like Ashtano Joe vibes. Not that I've seen Joe, so I wouldn't know. Um, but I don't know, just like something with the speed lines. Or maybe I just think more general like Osamu Dezaki. I don't know. Maybe. For some reason, I I was always reminded of like Yusuke and Kuwabara. Like maybe with like Kubara getting quote unquote tilled by to- killed by Togoro. Like, is that what he's... Re- I don't... I don't know. I feel like it's supposed to be a reference to something because he he's done an Ashitano Joe reference before, so maybe there's a moment from Joe I'm not I, I can't remember right now. But um, I don't know if someone knows what that's a reference to. I would love to hear it because for my I'm just drawing blanks, even though it seems like it's it, it's so he's he's done references and stuff before, uh, for sure. Especially like level E. Um, hell, in fact, like we haven't even talked about how like um, I mean we haven't gotten to Meruem, but there's you know I, I the cell influence is uh kind of apparent like um and ju- even just before it now with the like the disappearing towns and people being consumed oh i remember giving it giving me a like early cell arc vibes because of it's spooky and terrifying um and more so here because we actually see the consumption going on in a in a much more like brutal way than um not that the uh cells meth method wasn't uh brutal in its own way either but that also kind of goes away where Meruem is born and he keeps being spooky. Like, um. What I also think is kind of interesting about Knuckle um, and how he kind of ties into the whole, you know, humanity and, you know, th- these ants and whatever and sort of like the morality or whatever of that. Um, because, like, Gon asks him, like, well, why'd you become a beast hunter? And he's like, you know, why'd you volunteer to be on the extermination team? And he's like, well, it's to, it's to get them not exterminated. Uh, yes, that's, all, so, I, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say more, but no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like that detail too, because Knuckles is a really good boy. Like, I love, um, well, it's also later on with, uh, or go on. Well, because it also, it also does tie into the characters making connections with Chimera Ants later, and the, you know, the question posed by Kite of how is Gon going to react to, you know, how's he going to react to if they do have strong ties or whatever. Um, so it's more like we're already starting to kind of get little tidbits, um, to sort of, because like, from from the beginning, this is originally painted as like, oh, it's an extermination sort of kind of mission. You know, the Khmer ants are these evil people. They they killed Kite. Um, so they're very clearly like the villains here, and we got to stop this from spreading. Um, but then, like, as we kind of get further into the arc, we learn a little more about the ants, and we learn a little more about the people who are trying to hunt them down. And it's not, it's not quite so black and white. Yeah, well, like, it's interesting also because I was going to mention uh, Melio Rem because of... I love his interactions with Knuckle because he's, like, sort of watching that at a distance and he sees Knuckle being good to animals and he's, like, cause rescuing all the abandoned animals during the evacuation. And he's like, okay, that's not going to make, make me like him. Okay, maybe a little. And then, like, it cuts <laughs> away for a bit and then we see Gon uh, talking on the phone to Killua and he's like, oh, yeah, Melio Rem and Nick- Knuckle really hit it off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But um, going back to, like, the... um. Wait, no, what was I going to say? Fuck. Um, oh, no, Meliorum, yeah. Well, because, um, yeah, the, the the thing is, like, the ants changed. Like, not just, like, the ants change over time, too. Like, and I think I was going to mention with Meliorum, because in the first part he shows up, he's, um, I think he, the koala kills someone, and, like, Meliorum's, like, disappointed. Like, he's, oh, you killed him. Like, maybe he was going to try and kill him. And then we find out later that, like, after the penguin guy gets killed by the king, um... He got he got memories of more memories of his human life and like so he becomes better for the like humanity he remembers so it's like yeah the, but the chimera ants are also like changing themselves like uh, especially with the like we saw with Ramot and um, running into Pito and of course once Meru is born like Colt that's when Colt kind of goes to the humans to try and um, get the queen saved like you know they're, they're 
you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're young people just being born into this world. And so, yeah, like I said before, like that world's going, like changes them and pushes them in these directions. And that's stuff I, I've always like, um, okay. So I want to bring up something cause there's like, there is the idea among people, like I'll link the interviews. Hopefully I'll remember too. I, I mean, I'll, I linked Togashi interviews like a while back, but I'll link the specific one that I, um, cause some people think that Gon's story is over. Um, because, oh, he met, met his dad. Um, there's, uh, some, there's something regarding, uh, his Nen that I won't, I don't remember if it was brought up in the anime and, uh, or I think it was brought up, mm, I feel like it was brought up in this stretch of stuff we're going to read eventually, but I'll, I'll still avoid spoiling it just in case, but like, um, <laughs> well, cause we get to Gyro and, um, like they say that they're like at the very end of it, uh, well, there's like a bit of a fake out, which is kind of funny cause at the end of one chapter, it's like, oh, um, Gyro, his male- malevolence and determination were second to none. And he was in the same town as Gon and Killua. And then we get this whole backstory, and then it's like, yeah, and then he just left the town. He didn't run into Gon and Killua. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, obviously, I'm coming at this from someone who's only seen the anime, where he, his backstory was mentioned, but there was a degree to which, uh, you know, like the foreshadowing, the like, oh, he never encountered Gon and Killua. Like, I don't remember that that being involved. Uh, so there's like a degree to which he's handled differently. And I think it, the reason is probably that they only had so much more material after this to adapt. So they probably just didn't, I don't know. We know, we, uh, if, I don't know if you're watching this podcast, Maybe. you probably know well, like, where the Hunter anime, the Hunter Hunter 2011 anime ends. Um, but I, I don't really know what to, what to, what to make of this chapter. Like, I guess the whole thing of, <laughs> you know, like the, the don't make trouble for anybody and the whole like abusive uh, father situation. And it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know what... Well, because, like, you know, like, in context, like, it explains... Like, well, because they mentioned that he's the one who made NGL. Like, he, he, like, he just wants to spread, like, chaos and havoc throughout the world, and the drug is a way to do that, and it's, like, he's also, like, really patient. Like, you know, it's... He's just... It, like, he's just going along and doing this, like, horrible things. Well, because, like, I feel like, you know, like, obviously, the Chimera... Like, the Chimera Ant arc, like, it is a complete arc, and it goes through its ideas and stuff, but also, like... The story is meant to continue. Like, in fact, uh, during the interview, Togashi meant that said that like he wanted that like the the spot that the anime ended at. He wanted that to feel like this is an ending, and this is like where the because people like you get that with Jump sometimes is you get series where it's like oh it could have ended, but then it keeps going, and you're like well why didn't it end? You know, um, and like he wanted to do that deliberately, but like um, so Mathos, you could even check some of the later volumes. Like they still introduce Gon as the main character in the volume openers, even if though he. He's not there in the volume. Like, uh-huh. and Karap- Karapika is introduced as Gon's friend, and Killua isn't even there because he's not. Rel- he's not, um, you know, in the story at all, and he's not the main character. So, like, <laughs> basically, I wanted to bring that up because, like, this part explicitly mentions that Gyro and Gon are, go- are will ultimately meet in the future. Like, this is something that Togashi's saying will happen, um, and you know, there are reasons to believe that Gon's story, like. Um, then it's a spoiler, so I don't. I need to wait until we get to the the part and see if it even comes up. So I don't want to bring it up. But um, like the Gon story isn't over, and I can see some ways the series will progress. That Gon stays re- like becomes relevant again, even if after the the current stuff that doesn't deal with him. But uh, that's another conversation. I just wanted to bring it up because I do think people get the idea that oh, it's not Gon's story anymore. It's it's Karapika's, and that's uh not true. <laughs> um, and there's no real reason to believe that it's true with all the it, like I said. Uh, the interviews and the volume yeah. stuff and this thing right here. And, yeah, this being here. Although it is, I'm st- yeah, like I said though, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure what to make of it because like how it ties into the 
stuff with, you know, the cruelty of humanity in relation to, you know, the cruelty of the ants and how, you know, humanity's got a dark side. Uh, I guess, you know, it, it adds something there. But the fact that he just kind of shows up and we take a little side, we take a little detour to give him a backstory and then he just kind of walks out. It's for the moment that, you know, we don't know what, what this is going to lead to. So for the moment, it's just kind of like, it's there. There's something here. Yeah. Foreshadowing for something. And I'd really love to see the arc that he does meet gone. Cause I feel like, like going from the ideas we do see in Chimera Ant is like, you especially see it later at the palace, but like, I feel like with Gyro's backstory, it's like, you know, being shitty leads to like shitty people where like being good leads to better people, like especially with Komugi, you know? So it's like, and I also can think of, I, I was thinking back to um, like Razor and Genthru or, and uh, Binult, especially more, you know, where you have like these bad people who have been like sort of like, you know, you know, uh, outcasted by society, but also still, and they be, they they get accepted and then they get sort of like, you know, so is Gyro going to be like, I'm curious is that like especially with Gon cuz Gon is the pure boy so like if he si- some finds a way to accept like the worst person um like I don't I don't know it's just really interesting to consider the possibilities of what the fuck will happen in the gyro arc because we've gotten nothing about this to my to my knowledge I'm not caught up to the manga I'm like 10 chapters behind but uh I have a feeling nothing's changed um <laughs> So yeah I don't know um but yeah, it's like a brutal backstory. Like it's basically Benolts, but turned up to a fucking eleven. Where, um, oh, no one loved this kid. This kid. Um, he thought his father did, but no, his father was a piece of shit. Um, so he murdered his father. And I don't know. Yeah, and, and like yeah, it's um definitely like on its own. It's like okay, why is this here? But like, it's gonna come up later. I- I'd love to see it come up later. Can't wait for the Nensho Hunter Hunter uh, 2020, uh, 2032 episode where we finally get to talk about Gyro. That's optimistic. Um, <laughs> That's optimistic. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. That, yeah, that, you know what? I just realized the whole fucking the whole thesis of the of this podcast we've been doing that's it right there because you know it's more about the the detail or the detours on the way to the final destination we might never make it to the final destination of oh this Nensho podcast God. of hunter hunter but we're getting we're covering hunter hunter now and this is in a way a finale that is not a finale that we, we did it it's podcast over <laughs> and even during the podcast we take all these detours that don't that we, when when was the last time we talked about hunter hunter i don't remember no <laughs> Uh, there we go. It's over. I'm leaving the call. Bye. <laughs> uh, she actually did for a second there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, we get to see uh, Netro um, and his group sort of interacting with the ants, like planning ahead of them with their you know vast levels of experience and exter- like. The- there's a bit where like they keep trapping ants in the room and get getting Netero to fight them, and he's like, "Okay, I'm starting to get warmed up a little bit." Like in a fucking room of massacred ants, and it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and we see a uh, shoot who is a complete coward. Um, like I guess, I guess you know you could see it as like shoot is like an extreme version of Kilua's uh, issue at this point of his like uh, unwillingness to like to fight, in a sense. Um, not that Kilo isn't willing, but, you know, he definitely has his hesitant, hesitance and stuff. Um, and Knuckle is a super good boy, as Gon is becoming less of a good boy. And Killua is yeah, able I, to learn how to fight. I guess I hadn't considered that as far as, like, these two characters, in a way, kind of being foils to Gon and Killua. Huh. 
<laughs> Sorry, I just I laughed because I saw this page of a uh, like you know uh, Bisky's talking about their training and their progress and thinking about like hmm we might not make it and then there's like a whole page of Palm like <laughs> being creepy and brandishing her knife and Bisky's just like I should prepare an escape route like she's ready to get out of there. Yep. It's uh. even it's there is like a. I don't know, there's a way in which, like, the anime kind of makes it even funnier, because you see, in a later shot, she'll have, like, these, like, little, like, tiny, thin arms, and they're just kind of, like, waving around, and she's like, I'm gonna get out of here! <laughs> but, yeah, no, the way that, the way that, uh, Togashi draws that page of palm, and just, like, the, the big shadows, and just, like, the, ooh, is this, is good. The hair and the hyper-detailed expression, like, uh. When Togashi gets obsessive about drawing women, he gets obsessive about drawing women, as we've known. <laughs> Although in this case, he's getting obsessive about drawing an obsessive woman. <laughs> Layers. Um, but yeah, since um, their training is complete for the last couple of days, she lets them go at full strength uh, against Knuckle. Yeah, I like when Bisky's like, only 10 more days, and Kilo's like, don't say it like our days are numbered. <laughs> uh. Anyway, going into like the first round of going against Knuckle is there's there's a bit of a of a bleach moment where Gon teleports behind um Knuckle and then Knuckle teleports behind Gon and I'm, when I read that I'm like oh it's bleach um funny how Tokashi I, I don't remember him doing that before um now and of course we have the the teleports behind you countered back in the bleach podcast for anyone who didn't listen to it we're bringing um, it back. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to because it's it's annoying amount of work, but I could. But anyway, um, so Knuckle, um, they talk about uh, Gon's uh, Jaja Ken, um, and uh, he he points out that it has two major flaws in the windup and uh, like the aura needed, and that's that's just Knuckle because like even during the fight he's like training Gon. He's saying like these are the flaws, and like when he does his attacks, like. Uh, the fir- the first exchange, he like says, "I'm behind you," which kind or you know, he just makes like a noise, which like gives Gon the opportunity to block, so he doesn't get knocked out immediately. So even though, <laughs> so he's still yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, and like, and then of course, um, it turns out that Gon's ability is actually like like there's a, um, they talk about like fainting and aura flow and stuff, and how Gon's um. Since it's coming from the same place, like he can he can swap and do like rock paper or scissors as he chooses and like um like you know like it turns out that um you know he's like oh no telegraphing it and like making it obvious makes it uh, harder to use but no the variation makes it it's stronger when the opponent knows basically because it's like okay is he gonna do rock because i'm close or is he gonna do paper scissors when i run away like there's no avoiding it um or there's no guarantee of avoiding it rather and even then Um, like the 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 charge up itself becomes like a it's like mind games because then the 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 opponent knows it's coming it's like okay well how am i gonna try to to work around this so they right like how are you gonna dodge like all three different types of nen at you know not at once but any of them at this you know with the same like preemptive like motions it's it's um it's it's a it's a good technique because gone's uh like yeah he he says like yeah i'm gonna overcome my weaknesses um and of course, there's also like Kilo makes an observation that he's like, um, he learns, you know, at extraordinary speed during combat. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before back in the Yu Show because I definitely pe- think people really over like not just with Hunter, not with Hunter Hunter, but like in general, Shonen is they really overvalue training, um, and like yeah, this is training, but it's also fighting because like 
you know, like, because you'll know, like, uh, uh, Luffy is an example I've been thinking about because he's trained for, like, 12 years of his life. Like, 10 years from 7 to 17 and then 2 years uh, from 17 to 19 over the time skip. And, but he's still grown a lot in combat. Like, mostly, um, you know, Mathos, you mostly remember uh, Luffy versus Katakuri. And, like, in general, like, I think uh, the thing people might not understand about, like, learning and training and stuff is that especially with something, like, the best way to learn is to do. Like, um... You know, so with, um, like, fighting especially, like, you know, it's very risky, obviously, but, you know, someone who's uh, fought more will be better than, like, someone who's fought for a month will probably be better at fighting than someone who's trained, like, hit a dumb, a training dummy with a sword for a year, basically. Because um, if they survive that month in actual combat, they're probably decent. Um, so it's like, and I think, I don't know, Shonen just, like, using fighting as a way to, like, make the characters learn, like, I don't have a problem with it. I like it, in fact. Um, cause just straight, um, like, like, I don't know, training is fine, but it's like, yeah, it slows the story down. Um, the, uh, and I don't know, I, I don't have a problem with it. Some people do. Um, I, I think training is kind of like overrated basically. Um, because, uh, like I said, doing is more efficient and effective actual practice. Like, cause Gon's, and Gon's like, yeah, yeah, he's a genius. He's like 12, 13 rather. Um, so I don't know. I think it depends on the context because sometimes yeah. like having a, having that point where you kind of slow the story down and do the actual training can work better for whatever it is that the training is meant to kind of lead up to. Yeah. But then in some cases, like just having the fighting be the training or, you know, the characters learning more through combat that sometimes works better. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that fits. It, it depends on the context because because um, I think this is good and it's like, yeah, they're fighting, but they're also training. Why not? And uh I don't see a functional difference between, like... Like, yeah, I mean, Gon Knuckles, like, deliberately trying to help Gon train, but he still figures out stuff during actual combat, too, and that's fine. Um, but meanwhile, you have Kilua just kind of watching on the sidelines, which, you know, that that's a shonen trope, where it's like, oh, the, the one guy has the big fight, and the other ones watch on the sideline and provide the commentary. But in this case, like, it fulfills that, but also it's, you know, in relation to Kilua's arc, because Bisky is like, oh, I didn't think Kilua wouldn't fight at all during the... So then, mm-hmm. ooh, character drama, ooh. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, we get the final bit where it turns out Gone almost won because, like, he, he just ran out of aura before he was able to give the final blow to Knuckle. Because um, he was even saying, like, yeah, even with a month, you can't beat me. And then Gone almost beats him. Um, but then <sighs> he even threatens, like, oh, if I'm going to fight for real tomorrow. You better come prepared to die. He better come prepared to die. But, uh... Um, <laughs> Knuckles' ability isn't very good at killing, so, uh, he's, he's so full of bluster and he's good. What I also think is interesting, there's the moment with Kilua where, um, you know, he says, if, you know, if you, if you lose giving it your all, then it doesn't matter, but it, or, or no, if you win without giving it your all, it doesn't matter, uh, but if you lose without giving it your all, he's like, I won't forgive you, and he's got the big... Ooh, the scary eyes. Scary, yes, but I, scary but killer face. It, it ties back to what, uh, a moment that happens earlier where uh, Knuckle says something and Kilo's like, oh, it sounds like you're just trying to convince yourself of that. Um, and so here, my interpretation of this moment is that like Kilo being super dramatic about like, you know, if you don't give it your all and you lose, um, it, it, I think that also kind of ties into Kilo trying to kind of convince right. himself of that because he <sighs> has already had at least one moment in this arc where he kind of retreated or was it this arc? Wait. Yeah. Cause isn't there another fight that is, 
did it already happen or is it coming up where he like tries to fight and he's like, I, I, you know, he's like trying to force himself and it's not working. That's, no, 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 that's that happens later. That's, that's later. Yes. That's oh, so good. Oh, I, I was thinking about that when you're talking about it. Cause like, it's so good. <laughs> um, but, um, like, uh, like I said, like we haven't even gotten to the real good, like gone killer stuff. Like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but we'll get, to, we will, we will. Um, but anyway, um, so shoot has decided to fight. Um, Bisky has some training with Killua where she beats the fucking snot out of him. <laughs> and yeah, like and she talks about how like um he's he he you know, he always expects the worst and he ex- always expects his opponent to be as the best and like he's very like self-defeat like I can't beat them. Um you know, like she even says like it's not your fault, it's the person who tells you how to fight and we get a panel of Elami looking really pretty for some reason. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you thought that, but I did. I was like Tokashi, why? <laughs> And then we get this really, really, I, I, I took these panels out of context so I can use them in general. Again, going back to One Piece and people saying dumb things is like, uh, she does the, uh, like there's a chart with like the A, B, C, D, E, where she's like, okay, um, cause P, that's the thing, cause I definitely think like with power scaling, people like, yeah, for the sake of comparing series, you want to take characters at their peak, because why not? And like, okay, the, the potential of this character is higher than the potential of this character, and you know, pr- like, so this character would, even though it's like, it's framed as like, would this character win in a fight? But like, you know, if they actually fought, like you're taking into account narrative, because that's the thing, the author decides who wins, and they could like, you know, adjust the characters appropriately, like, uh, you know, and that's that's just how writing works, and that's why the conflicts become good, you know? But pe- then I definitely feel like people focus too much on the power scaling aspects in the story itself when like that's why i took this chart because it's like um you know like uh, she gives the example that c can beat uh, like c a like a b and c can beat d when on d's worst day like even though b's peak is way lower than d's peak you know and the comparison i always like i i um what i would use this chart to frame for example is uh, the luffy versus katakuri thing if luffy is a and katakuri is d then like by not using his trident and um you know and winning like you know also being wounded like luffy like he's he's he the d becomes under the a basically um so it's like <laughs> it's fine there's no issue with it cuz people are legit like don't it's so dumb. And I'm going to keep coming back to that fight because it's like one of my, it's probably my favorite ever. Um, but uh, anyway. Um, well, I do think I just, this I, is kind of interesting. I'm thinking of moments uh, a little later in the arc because uh, you have, you know, obviously the conflict with Shoot where Kila kind of backs off and he's too afraid to, to do anything because he's been, you know, like manipulated by his brother and abused by his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's got like, I mean, like, okay, we can get to the, the needle moment later and it's about like having like a, physical manifestation of like that more like emotional sort of trauma and how that's Mm -hmm. just kind of a thing that jump does um but as far as like that that point that point in particular about you know like the the potential like oh this character can beat this character on this other character's worst day um there's like a moment later where uh kilua is confronting ikalgo and he's gonna walk into like this this underground thing and he's like it's a trap are you sure and kilua just like jumps at him and kills him or you know kills the host and he's like like i care so it kind of shows that growth there where before in his fight with shoot he has the moment where he's like you know don't over pursue and it's like illumi his like you know illumi's conditioning just like ringing in his head whereas later he just kind of jumps in at this thing that like yeah he knows it's a trap but he's gonna he's gonna go and kill this guy anyway because at that point he's he's grown he's had his character development 
Right, he's able, like, he's able to, like, he's had enough caution, and now he's finally found the courage to move forward, and, and you know, jump forward, even. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's really neat. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, because, because there's, like, Bisky scolding him, like, stay out of Gon's life, because this habit of yours will eventually have you leave Gon for dead, and, um, you, you know, run away to save yourself. Um... And she even, like, talks about the Zoldic family where she talks about how Killua's guardians are overprotective. And it's like, you know, they love him, but it's a, it's an obsessive, it's an obsessive distorted love. Yeah. Like, and she even <sighs> says that, like, you know, it's not your fault that you, you know, that you kind of are this way. Um, because, you know, that's just kind of like how you're conditioned. It's the fault of the person who trained you. <sighs> yeah, which is, like, that's kind of my take on the whole, like, also the nature versus nurture thing. Because, like... You know, we have our, everyone has their like circumstances. We come into the world children who don't know any better and are being shaped by the world around us. And like, you know, so we have tendencies and habits and things that we can't control getting. But, you know, once you recognize them, you can control whether you keep them or not. That's what I believe. Yeah. And this arc is a good example of that because here's Kilua like recognizing these bad habits that his family have, gi- have given them. And then he's choosing whether like what he values and how he's going to move forward from that later on against Ramad, especially. But, uh, well, well yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, it's also anytime someone brings up nature versus nurture, I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's right. Because it's it's like a theme that it's I don't know. I always overlook it. Um, oh, so that's whenever, right. Whenever yeah. it gets mentioned, I'm just like, oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, I think the the moment I just thought of is like in fairy tale when they basically like spell it out, um, and you're like, oh, or I forget if you, if you missed it because it, even though they spelled it out, or if you only got it, or you felt like you only got it because they spelled it out, even though you you know like you you've noted that theme and other things before yeah. we've done before. So I forget exactly, but um, it's it's a recurring thing. So I just thought I'd bring it up. Um, but anyway, in the rematch. <sighs> Yeah, like going, it just well, it's 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 pretty funny because like he gets hit and then like he accrues like so much interest just in the explanation, yeah. which is so wordy. Like it, it's it's funny because like Knuckle does almost does more damage to Gon not doing anything, like just explaining math, and Gon's like, it, I wasn't expecting this cuts. kind of attack. <laughs> it's so funny. Because uh, Gon just yeah, his head just explodes trying to trying to think about everything and just, like yeah, after Knuckle hits him once and it's it's funny <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of interesting because yeah, Gon just kind of doesn't stand a chance. Um, and it goes back to like Knuckle like him giving Gon a better fight so he can learn better in the previous month and then going all out and very easily like yeah, dis- because you know, if he, if he had locked his Nen before, then Gon wouldn't have been able to improve as much. He wouldn't have been able to learn as much. Yep. Knuckle is very good, as I said. <laughs> so anyway, uh, then we get Kilua versus Shoot. Um, and I guess going back to like the contrast thing, I do wonder how this fight would have gone if Kilua... Like, Kilua might have easily defeated him if he had, uh, had the, not had the needle in his head. Because again, go, like, you know, there, there's the obvious contrast between the two. But, um... You know, he recognizes that he's never truly fought any of his battles, but he isn't still isn't able to give his all, you know, and um, he does lose. Um, like, he's unable to, to kick the, his habit at this moment, um, which is, of course, good contrast for when he is able to. Um, but then we cut away to, uh, as the, the month is finally over, um, the king is born. Meruem uh, doesn't have a name yet. I don't even think... No, he doesn't even have a name in this stretch chapter. Well, no, he's or he doesn't learn his name until the end, I guess. Yeah, but um, I forget if it was mentioned in the stretch of chapters, though. Yeah, I think I think when the queen dies, it's... Or 
Do they keep it a secret? I don't remember. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't remember myself, but, um, but yeah, Merum is immediately introduced as a spooky boy, um, who takes zero crap from anyone, um. Okay, no, wait, the queen does mention Merum's name. Okay, gotcha. Although in this translation, for some reason, it was Merum. It was a Y instead of a U. Maybe they fix it later. That's weird, because I've only known it as Merum, so, um. But yeah, no, he immediately decapitates, like, two people. <laughs> yeah, like, the um, the one because he was more in, uh, focused on the queen over the king, and then the second one because he uh, he asked Colt to wipe off his tail, and then he's like, oh, no, I'll do it. And no, no, I said you. Like, yeah, he's the king. He is the absolute ruler. So if his orders aren't, if words aren't followed um, absolutely, then you don't have a reason to exist in his world. And, oh, um... <laughs> Scary. Of course, then we see his, uh, his royal guards take control. I like the part where uh, Yuppie tries to, like, he sees Poof grow, Poof uses wings, and he's like, oh, uh, that looks cool. And then he tries to grow wings and just, like, <laughs> slams into the wall, and he's like, ah, need more practice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, then we get Colt going to um, Netero's group and asking for help with the queen. And also telling them that the king was born, which they weren't expecting for another month. So, um, yeah, I guess, so yeah, in that way, Colt ended up being a help to them, which probably is uh, what allowed them to, like, you know, more easily make the... Because they immediately call in, like, biologists and doctors and stuff to, to help, try and help. But uh, it's too late. And then we get to uh, Merrim's first contact with humanity, where he immediately uh, murders people and children easily with, like... It's not even given, like, a lot of, like, like, like it's just done, like, casually. Like, even just in the way it's, like, framed, almost. Yeah, because even you um, have, like, the couple in the distance, and they're, it's not even, like, a close shot. Like, it's a, it's a pretty, they're pretty far off. And then, you know, you just see, like, oh, and now they're decapitated. And they're still, like, super far off. And it's like, ah. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah, like, the biggest moment is kind of later when he's, I think he's eating his first rare. And he's grinning, and, you know, you know exactly the, uh. The one I'm talking uh, about, the panel. No. That's like, yeah, like it's it's when he gets there that his uh, killing is really given more like weight in the pa- in the size of the panels. I should say, like, because like the killing of the child is definitely given more attention with just multiple panels of the like the child screaming and then getting brutally killed. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's just it's interesting how it's like compared to how his first murders are compared to like his first murder of an end user. Um, yeah. or just like his mass murders against soldiers like it's um, more just like he he seems more like bored and kind of disappointed at first because he's like oh these right. these are underwhelming you know there's no resistance there's nothing uh, but then later, well, there's he- a line later when there's some people screaming and stuff and he's like um do you accept um the um what what's begging from cows and pigs or stuff like like he's they're cattle they're just animals to him and he's not like he's not gonna um, so he's gonna, he's acting like he's killing animals, and, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> scary. He's a scary boy. <laughs> but yeah, then back to the chimera ants, they sort of decide to go their separate ways. Uh, the queen can't maintain the kingdom, so no reason to stay. Some of them mention how, like, yeah, uh, Merum's, like, he sees everything as food. Like, even, um, like, Pito's trying to say, oh, there's a, there's a way to tell the rares apart. And he's like, I know. And he tries to kill Pito, but it doesn't work. And he's like, oh, that's impressive. Um, like, it's, I guess it's the first time he's really met, so, like, just hitting Pito and not kill, killing him immediately. He's realizing, like, okay, um, I'm not the, like, or 
yeah, he, he recognizes that even though, yeah, Pito's weaker than him, he's still fairly, pretty strong, so. Oh, yeah, and uh, Moral and Nov have their bet where Nov bet on his two people's coming. Or no, Moral, yeah, Moral bet on his two people's coming and Nov bet on all of them coming, and uh, that didn't happen. It's interesting that Nov, like, he kind of shat on Kilo at first, but then he also bets on them, um, even before, like, seeing them do anything. There's a bit where um, Netero's with Colt, and Netero, like, puts on his shirt, his, his uh, heart t-shirt, and shows off his aura. And he's like, how do I, how am I compared to the king? And Colt's like, you won't even make it to the king. <laughs> and uh, Netero's got a lot of good panels. Like, there's this one, he's like, oh, a challenger at my age? What a thrill. Like, he's doing the kind of, like, um, Yusuke chapter black thing where the world is at stake, and he's just like... But I get a cool fight, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's scary in his own way, kind of like Gon almost, and just that like, <laughs> oh boy. Um, but anyway, then there's a scene with the queen. They give uh, they're they're not able to save her, but she is uh, she's fine. She's you know she just wanted to give birth to the king, um, and she gives the uh, name Merim. And Cold has his like because he's the, he he's like he says I'm not able to protect anyone. And earlier he he mentioned the name Reyna. So he's like having these continual fa- failures, but um, with the birth of the the second the, or the last child of the queen, he decides he's gonna protect it. Um, and then you got Morel, who's just like <sighs> so good. Can you swear <laughs> you'll never eat a human? And but even even when he says that, it's like if you can't go somewhere where I'll never find you. It's not like oh, I'm going to kill you right now, um, because he's like you know if if you can swear that I'll never let anyone harm you because he's he's just like knuckle. He's a big softy. <laughs> He's crying like he's got blood, stuff running from his nose and knuckle. Yeah, knuckle. That's what knuckle says. He's like, yeah, that's where I got my soft side from. And good, they're good boys. Uh, oh, and I just realized something because after um, knuckles crying, you kind of get like, um, did the did the boy have a name that became Colt? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, because I, I like the the letter mentions. I I know Raina's name by heart now because the letter mentions it, and he kept, keeps mentioning it. But I don't remember if if Raina's older brother had a name, so I'm just gonna call him Colt. But there's like a panel with um Colt, uh, Raina, and their mom, and I just realized like just now is that like that that's that was his old family, and now he sort of has a family again. Like he's got Moral looking over him like a parent figure, and then he's got a a little sibling, like you know a younger figure that he wants to protect. So it's like his family is back basically. Um. And with with the uh, the ant baby that uh, we well we we know who it is by the end of the the arc, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in the next judges chapters. So um, oh um so going back to the next chapter, so they they go back from uh, dropping off knuckle and uh, shoot, and <laughs> Golan's like mad for like one panel, and he's like, okay, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> even though that's definitely not true. He's no, not it is not. It. But I like how it's described later where um, one of the characters is like, well, I'm not really, you know, I I think it was shoot. He's like, I trust, I, I trust that Kilo will be able to join us, but I'm not so sure about gone. He doesn't seem like he has the, doesn't seem like he has the drive, but then it's described as like, oh, he's, he was just kind of pushing it aside while he knew he couldn't do anything. He just completely, uh, which is like not, not a healthy coping mechanism gone. Um, and so... <laughs> Yeah, and we see later that so even though he has these moments where he is like, "Oh yeah, I'm over it," and you know, it, it's not, it's not. Yeah, it, it's kind of like he's trying to tell himself that it's, but that it, that it, he is, but yeah, like I said, he's not. Um, ooh, then we get um, 
we just generally see like there's scenes of the the ants going out into the world like well like, uh, no I, I'm, I'm skipping ahead but there we do see chidu like just eating people randomly um like he's like i'm the king of speed so he's he's he thinks he's at the top um at least and like every like there's also i guess a crocodile who's like i'm the king of eaters like they're all trying to take their own um yeah they're all making like, their own titles make, yeah trying to make their own yeah. kingdoms and whatnot right but of course, that ultimate like, because Merum's goal is to be the king of kings, like as we see with the the even board games, like he wants to be the best at anything, um, everything, and so like he, th- these characters are ultimately like setting themselves up against Merum in, in the future, even if for now they can enjoy themselves. But uh, and as we do see, some of them end up going back to him anyway. Um, but anyway, he goes to Iskorto. I, I don't know how you actually pronounce it, so I'm gonna. <laughs> Not. Well, I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna say it like that. I don't care. Um, I like how this is just very obviously like a North Korea reference. Like the the name of the leader guy is just like a um, what is what's the word? An anagram of Kim of Kim Jong Il. I didn't notice that. Um, yeah, because he's like that's, that's, what is uh, he, that's like good. Ming Jolik. But if you just like, right. rearrange the letters, <laughs> kind of yeah, huh? But anyway, um, that that is good. I didn't notice. But yeah, he's just like they just waltz in and like. You get the, him eating the first uh, Nen user, and well, um, and it's kind of interesting because the queen, like, she consumes animals and gives birth to animal hybrids, basically. Where like Merum, especially like in the second part of the arc, where he gets uh, uh Poof and Yopi's aura, is like he consumes power and makes it his own, basically. Um, so like there, you know, he continues the sort of consumption trend of the the ants, but um. He scoffs at the idea of a human being king and immediately fucking murders him, and it's really gory. And there's a weird censorship thing where there's like shadows yeah. over the gore that doesn't actually really censor anything. Um, well, but you know, early on it doesn't, but we get there's a later it does. Yeah, and that a... that like it's weird because mm, I don't I don't even know if is it a art is it was it in the original Japanese or was it in the yeah in this I don't release? know if That's it was a if it was a viz thing or if it was because it, it doesn't make sense because like there's been brutality in not just like jump stuff but there's been brutality in other viz releases that. Yeah, Even in this I mean, manga this is maybe, that wasn't like, censored. So that's why I'm like, I don't I mean, understand why is this, this one, here? Like, this specific page is a little more gory than I I think. Because there's, like, actual guts and, like, um, possibly recognizable organs being uh-huh. spilled out of his body. Like, that's a little more than I'm used to seeing. Or at least even from Hunter x Hunter. Like, I don't remember any other... Like, you see, you saw, uh-huh. like, Puckle's brain. That was Well, I don't know if you saw the brain itself, actually. But, like, yeah, it's really gory. Like, this is why gory not? on another level, yeah, I guess, I, maybe. So... Yeah. But, but I mean, but like later you because, have like, a thing where like Cheeto like cuts off the all the fingers of like the police officers and eats them, and that's got like a block over it. And then later when yeah. Kilua is like impaling people, like th- there's even a, a spot where like the, there's like a big black thing, and it's like completely blocking off part of the panel. And it's like, <laughs> what? Who? Why? Yeah, and it's I and I don't like not being able to say see see the art, but I I don't like I said I don't know if it's a Viz thing because I'm assuming it's an original Japanese thing because maybe maybe there were only complaints about it now for some reason. So only yeah, I these don't printing, know maybe if it was something like maybe in the like in the magazine like somehow like I don't want to say censorship things change but like how much violence or what specific yeah, kind of violence you could get a get away because I don't with th- I don't think it's like a localization thing or maybe it is depending on like when this volume maybe it was a complaint by on the American side of things you know 
like yeah that's why um, i'm not sure but, was it a viz thing or was it because it definitely like i don't think it thing. definitely wasn't like a universal like comics code thing because my i i've, I've not like looked at my vault i've never heard of any censorship either i own all like se- all seven volumes and released in english of made in abyss and i've never seen any censorship in them i haven't read them all in full yet but like all the gore, all the nudity, it's all there, and it's rated like adult, you know, older teen, you know. So it's like fine. It, they decided this is fine for older, you know, people sixteen or older, basically, like not even eighteen plus. And so, well, yeah, because that's that's a bit of a different thing, though, because like jump manga, I guess, could yeah, be this aimed is younger. Right, Shonen Jump is synonymous with bleed, with Dragon Ball, Naruto, things that are. Well, you know, readable by kids, and this is by the same label, so, like, I don't, but then again, like I said, there's also a decade of difference between these releases, so, or, I don't, when does this volume come out? I don't know, it doesn't say on my, um... Well, because I know just, thing. like, the manga releases in general tend to be a little more graphic than what the anime will yeah. get away with showing, like, the violence will be a little more detailed, but even that, so I don't know, like, is it a, is it something that maybe like changed within the magazine? Like our newer manga, not quite as extreme in no, terms of. No, that's actually not true. Yeah, because uh, yeah, so that's why uh, I don't, I don't Chainsaw know why Man. This I'm just is gonna here. say Chainsaw Man. Right? No, yeah, I don't. Under- yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I do not understand why this score is in the mag is is censored like this. Because, um, I mean, yeah, like it's. I struggle to think of like things like again with all the guts and stuff. I I struggle to think of anything gory than that. But like especially like the ones you brought up later. You know, there, there's been, like I said, just in this series, there's been gorier stuff that went uncensored. So, um, it's weird, <laughs> we, but we don't know anything. So we'll just, maybe someone in the comments will know, I guess is what I'm hoping for. But, uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> so we get Palm. Um, just like stabbing like... <laughs> all the dolls of Gon and Killua. <laughs> <laughs> and Gon just apologizes, but then it's like, oh, but I want to be your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and like Gon's able to like like he's able to like manage her because she's like this close to f- murdering them all and but then he's like well I want to train with Killua now but I have to prepare for our date and I want it to be a surprise and it's like he, like he's able to stay her and <laughs> she's like oh you're such a tease that it's like <laughs> so funny <laughs> yeah and I don't know like I get I mean, like, there's no way that I can, I can, like, take th- take this seriously, and and like, that's the point. Like, I guess if you looked at it seriously, it'd be like, huh, this is a little weird because she's obviously there's like an age gap here. Um, but oh, like, yeah, it's very right. clearly like a, it's, it's it's weird. Like, it's very clearly a joke, but it's like on what level? Like, what is the what is the punchline here? Is it like, oh, these <laughs> these two quirky, you know, this quirky lady? She obviously, you know, or is it? it, it I don't I don't know. It, it's just. It's funny either way. I, I I think I think it's, you know, obviously like the, yeah. it's it's a good moment of like levity in between like all the all the gore and all the serious stuff, um, but it's like if it's mm-hmm. I don't know I I'm still Cause, cause in a way I would trying to kind of wrap my just head around the, it. Yeah, I would assume the joke is just the absolute absurdity of it, and like also it's maybe it's even just serious humor where it's like the kind of thing where the characters are being completely serious, but it's still really funny because like palms. Again, about to murder these people, Gon's just acting like... He's acting on his previous experience, like he's just treating her like a normal woman. And then, like, Killua is just like... He's the straight man going, what the fuck is going on? Well, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it, like, it adds it adds in really interesting moments of characterization. Like, even though they're really small. But, like, you have the interaction afterwards on the next page where it's, like, Gon and Killua's like, wait, you've been on dates before? And Gon's like, you haven't? And Killua's just, like, all shy and, and it's <laughs> it's good. 
No, it, it's so, it's, I love, no, it, well, and it's also, yeah, it's a great subversion regarding the archetype because, well, I guess like, cause, I, I, but it's also kind of not because I'd still say Gon, he's like, he's aromantic in that he doesn't really feel romantic feelings for yeah. someone, but he's able to like play the role. And he's yeah. under, he gets it on some level. Like, like he's been like, oh, yeah, they tell, call those types cougars. Like, gone. <laughs> no, don't. You're not supposed to know that. No. <laughs> no. no. And then you've got Kila. Like, he's so experienced. And it's just, so it, it, it's it, it's funny because I, I definitely don't see gone as being a very romantic character. Um but in the way that it's it's used here, where like he's put in these romantic situations, yeah, and it's the well, fact it's that he that, just like, like he yes. plays it like completely straight, but also and like he does he can... it so. The date is so good. Like he, I'm gonna give you the best bouquet in the world. Like I'm about to fall for gone. Like, no. <laughs> but it, it's it's really good and thoughtful and like. But even though yeah, it's not based in romantic feelings. Yeah, um, it's so. <laughs> And so it's like a really interesting. So yeah, he's still like a romantic like Luffy or Goku, but not he's not completely oblivious to it. And I think it's it's just a really like yeah. it's different, and I haven't seen it before, and, it, and it's really neat. <laughs> I'm just I like the panel too, where Kilo's just like, my God, <laughs> just like listening to go. I don't know. <laughs> well, because like it's funny because when they first met, you know, Kilo was was the weird one. He come from came from this assassin family, and gone just like yeah, uh huh, and then but um. Now, Gon's the weird one, because yeah. he's, like, so, like, yeah, I have been here before. You know, old ladies, older ladies love uh, cute kids, and Gon- Killer's just like, what? <laughs> and even then, it, it it segues back into, like, the severity, because Killer's like, well, he's like, no, I haven't gone on any dates. All, I, all my life I've spent learning how to kill, and I've spent it with you. And then it's just like, oh, and I thought we would stay together. And it's, you know, it's back into his, like, oh, but then we're going to have to leave. And, ooh. No, they're 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 so good. They're good boys. Um, so anyway, um, oh, um, so yeah, Chidu is he's the fastest. So he um, goes and uh, murders people. Starts getting like news recognition to the the ants that are going around and dicking around. Um, then we get the date <laughs> between uh, Gon and Palm, and like Palm's completely transformed and <laughs> is completely unrecognizable as Palm. Um, and Killer's kind of shattering them because Gon doesn't have his nen. If an ant attacks them, uh, he's helpless. And then you get the the stuff with the tree, where like I said, it's it's so good and thoughtful. <laughs> but then he's also like, um... and then you've got Killua just kind of tagging a lot, well, just you know, following from behind. And he's like, "What am I doing? Now I look like the stalker." <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's funny. Um, and then we get the good ass Killua moment. When Ramot uh, sniffs him out and he's uh, he attacks, and here we get basically what Bisky was talking about. Um, but what do you, what do you have to say? Because it's so good. This chapter is so good. Yes. Um, or these chapters, but um, I especially love the panel where Gone or Kilo is like he's about to cry, and he's like, because he's like he he his mind is telling him to run away. His mind is telling him to do exactly what Bisky said he he shouldn't do, and that is abandon his friend to die. Because um. You know, Palm can maybe, you know, Palm's pretty strong. Um, or I don't, well, we don't really see how strong she is. Um, but, you know, can she go against a Chimera Ant with, while having to protect Gon? Because, like, we saw even Kite was um, unable to protect Gon and Killua. And they were, yeah. you know, that was Gon with Nen. This is Gon without Nen. Um, and then, but the panel where he's like, he's my best, the best friend I ever had. It's, uh, Killua! I want to hug him. <laughs> I want to hug him. Um, 
But then, like, because then we see, like, because, yeah, he wasn't able to do it during the, uh, the shoot fight because he was just fighting to go to NGL. And, um, yeah. you know, without Gon, because I pretty, or I don't know when Gon lost relative, like, we don't see the end of the fight. So, um, you know, he's not fighting for anything that really matters to him a lot. Like, he just wants to follow Gon. And here it's like, you know, now it's like a matter of Gon's life. So he's finally able to, like, um, like, I, I think what, like, or I guess kind of how I see it happening, like, mechanically is, like, he, because he's fighting against, like, his family's will so hard, the, or the needle, um, in his mind so hard, like, that's when he finally notices it. It's like, oh, this has been here this whole time. So he's, he's, like, able to rip it out, basically. But, um, you know, like, only now has he finally found something that he cares about enough to, to fight his family to this extent, basically. Yeah. And, it's and like i mentioned way before is like i think the needle is fine because i know some people are dissatisfied with it like it's just yeah like or you were gonna yeah, say yeah, something yeah because like some, some people see it as uh you know like Kilo's character the whole stuff about like the, the you know like the the conditioning by his family and kind of like the trauma surrounding that um and like you know the more psychological aspect like some people see the needle as like oh it takes that away by making it you know, purely a physical thing that was influencing him, kind of like a a mind control sort of thing. But I, I think, like, I personally think that there's enough characterization that, like, y- you can tie the psychological to the physical and not have one invalidate the other. Because, mm-hmm. like, we, we'd, we'd seen enough, there'd been enough moments of, just up until this point, like, Kilo has, de- has very, you know, carefully been characterized as this person who, you know, he fights a certain way. He, you know, he'll try to avoid... You know, he's always got he's always got to know about the person's abilities or he's always got to he's got to create the best scenario where like he's going to fight that character, you know, at his best. And, you know, you know, he's got to make sure that he's stronger than them. And it's it ties into the thing Bisky said with the chart about, you know, you always view them yeah. at their peak. Um, so I don't I don't think that the the thing being physical um, invalidates the more psychological aspect of that characterization, because they're I mean, especially now that, you know, Having gone through Naruto, just the big three in general, there are, I don't know if this, because there are other character arcs and stuff that are characterized, you know, more abstract things are characterized through physical, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're represented through physical things. Um, yes. But I don't know if I've ever come across one that's, I guess, quite, I don't, I don't know. I don't, maybe there are other ones that are direct like this, but this is definitely, I, I see in the same vein as those, where just because it's a, just because it's like, oh, he yeah. was able to just take a physical needle out of his head, and that was enough. Um, well, because but- like, I guess I the kind of I guess how how I might frame the, see the issue framed or how I can imagine it being framed is like, oh yeah, he just like he removes the needle and undoes all these years of grooming, which I don't really see as the case because like he's been steadily changing since he met Gone. Yeah, and I think like you know, so I don't like, um, and yeah, it, it does make for a rather abrupt change, but like. Like, how I reasoned the needle before is, like, the family, like, um, Illumi is, he doesn't even fully trust their ability to, like, groom and raise Killua in this way. He has to put something physical on because he needs this, like, complete control over Killua. So, like, um... So, in know, a way, I, like, the, the physical aspect of it is, if anything, more of just, like, a, a putting further emphasis on the psychological. Like, he's, you know, going to such an extent that, you know, he's he's... Like, the way you had said it, where, like, Ilumi wasn't convinced that just the psychological would be enough, so he went one step beyond. Um, yeah, and I guess, like, let's say, like, because, you know, going to the real, like, realistic psychological thing is, like, okay, if, you know, Kilo has this issue, like, 
yeah, it does go really, really quickly when he removes the needle, but the alternative is, like, it would have been going away from the beginning, and you would have never had this moment because, like, the reason this moment is cool is because it is so abrupt, and you see, like, just how much Kilo is being held back by his family, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, like, if you just, there was no needle, and he just gradually had this, like, aspect of him removed over the course of, like, the series is, like, yeah, then it, I like, do... it would have been so abrupt. It would, I do like, think you would have has... seen the gradual arc and... I, yeah, I, yeah. I guess the way that I wanted to phrase it, you had said like the gradual arc. Like there have been subtle changes leading up to this moment, um, and you can even like juxtapose this to the the fight with Illumi before in the Hunter Exam, where you know Kilua was yeah not confident enough in his friendship with Gon that he you know he killed a guy and ended up going back to his family because he didn't think you know he didn't think that their bond was strong enough. But you juxtapose that with this moment where now you see he did have enough faith in that bond that he was able to, you know, move past that, you know, the, the mental block with his family. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess the issue would have been if there wasn't an, yeah, I guess because there was enough like subtle character, character building leading up to this point. I think that, I think that's why it feels like it works because you do, it does serve as the big, the big climax of like, this is the culmination of his growth to this point. Like he is able to do this thing. And there's there's still more that comes after this. Like it's it's not the end of his character arc or anything. Like there's still yeah, more exactly. changing and improving he has to do, um, and he'll still have more conflicts right. with his family going forward. So, yeah, I, I think it's yes. good. I think it works. No, I no, I, it's it's uh, one of my favorite moments from the arc, and it's so satisfying when he like um, Ramot's like, wait, why am I the one paralyzed with fear? And you get the big ass snake visual, and yes. Kill is just like. He gives he gives Ramot the chance like it's it because he's he doesn't jump into killing he says like tell the other ants don't come near us or they're dead like he gives them an opportunity and Ramot's like like he's just like you little shit I'm gonna try and then he's just like okay and he just rips off his head with uh, and crushes it like he did that heart um back on in the, like the first arc and oh well like. <laughs> So it's so sad, especially because Ramon's basically just been a gigantic asshole the entire time. So and you know, like he's even like getting like like before he was like excited, like drooling about like oh boy, I'm torturing this child who pissed me off before. Like so, yeah, watching him die is satisfying. Yeah. Um, and then oh, and of then course he get... comes back and it's gone, just like writing <laughs> apology letters or whatever on these in a in a dark room. <laughs> it's because yeah like it, it, it's kind of funny that i think about it because like it cuts away from her and like because gone's like i want to focus on training and she's just like what and of course knowing palms um you know tendencies like Kilo just a bit had like he was forced to abandon her abandon uh, gone to her to deal with ramat so now we see the the results and he's just she's just like yeah it, right he's making she's making him write lines <laughs> and of course Kilo pisses her off and like runs away with gone and uh, it's funny, and of course, no. Like she, she fucking goes battle mode. Like she's got just all these knives like strung from her. <laughs> she just completely loses it, basically. And Nov's just like, "What are you doing? Uh, follow me." And she's just like, "Yes, sir." Oh my god, <laughs> hard eyes and. <laughs> uh, I need to. So there was. And then that there's one, the little um, panel at the end where it's like, "Gone freaks, twelve years old, blood type B, forced to briefly date Palm, dumped without any train or dumped without any warning." <laughs> Didn't even notice. Yeah. And it's like how um, serious. I was gonna say because I, I do want to. After I finish the arc, I want to reread that. Or I only read part of it, but there's I linked it a while ago. The blog that did the Nen sh- the Nen analyses, and there's a write up on Palm, and just like from the first part of it, I read it made some really interesting observations. Um, 
that I kind of don't fully remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that's why I want to reread it, but um, or read it in full. Yeah, but then after that, we move on to the fight. Uh, Chitu comes back and he runs into Nov and Morel, or not Nov and Morel, Morel and um, I get the names mixed up Knuckle. too. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, Knuckle and Morel they have a brief encounter with uh, Chitu and. That like he he notices that how quick they're like they grow to like be able to handle him and they you know they do get the hit off and uh, get the uh, interest going. Um, I'm starting to realize that um, that, that Chitu is he's he's just a fun little he's a fun little character he's he's a dumbass um, and like his the fights that he gets in I guess don't they don't super matter in the grand scheme of things because like oh they tag him with. Um, with APR here, but that ends up getting undone later. Um, and then he gets into the fight with Morel uh, towards the end of this stretch of chapters, and that ends up not really going anywhere. It just kind of ends up being like a distraction on the way to the you know to what's actually getting yeah. there. But but I think that's what makes him like a really fun character. Um, he's kind of just this little like chaos factor. Like he'll pop in and he'll do a little thing. And, you know, it, like, in, in the context of the of this, you know, the rest of the arc, like, this fight, it, it gives us a little bit of uh, insight into Morel's abilities, and we learn a little bit more about Knuckles, and then later we see a little, we get to, you know, so in a way, like, Chitu showing up, it, he does a really good job of characterizing Morel and how they interact, because, I mean, mm-hmm. we get to see Morel sort of, like, un, unravel Chitu's abilities and stuff like that, and then obviously later... In the the next stretch of chapters, Chitu just kind of dies uh, anticlimactically, <laughs> randomly. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up because, like, because Chitu he's a cheetah, he's the fastest, and that's kind of what I took from him is he's the chimera ant that moves. Like we, what what we see from the other chimera ants, we see from Chitu first because he's like going back to like the wanting the cool abilities. He's he cheat like he doesn't know about Z- uh, Zetsu. Like he loses yeah, them he, because he like he does go? the fastest, so he just right. And even like after he and he loses, just dies like, the fastest. Yeah, well, <laughs> in yeah, an instant, it's so funny. Well, because even when <laughs> he on. loses to Morel, he's like, oh, I'm gonna go get another ability and then I'll be back. So like he really does just speed through things. And on the topic of you know skipping the basics, he's a perfect example of that because he just speeds through it. Like he's a exactly, speed runner. Right. He that's what he does. He's He's he, the first we, one to kill. Um, he should have been in Creed Island because the video game speedrunning, he could have been perfect. <laughs> Greed runs, Greed, Greed Island speedrun, he just starts clipping through walls, and I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> that would have been a great ability for him, actually. Because um, he's so fast. But anyway, um, ooh, now we get uh, Gon meeting Kite again, or rather the. Uh, the dummy, oh. the the doll kite. No, and he's just. Ah, <laughs> oh, the expressions. Gon's, no, Gon's trying to reach out to him, and but he's he's just completely gone, and you know he's blaming himself. It's our fault that this happened, and oh my god, Tagashi really get... ah Tagashi with these these emotions with Gon. Like he really, you know, as much as we see, like like he really does. Gon has to run like the emotional gambit. Like we we see we see everything. We see like the the depths of his rage, his sorrow, and uh, everything. And even just D- like, the, uh, does the... he go through all five stages of grief? I mean, probably. But uh, um, you know what? I I wouldn't be surprised if if he did. Um, I just don't remember the five stages of grief off the top of my head. So um, but but no, like you even get the moment where like Kite hits him and Gon's like, oh yeah, that's the first time since that day that you've hit me, and it's like no, 
But then, but then oh, it yeah, also is yeah. like related because he's like, you know, kite hit harder than this, and he's like, "What have you done to him?" And so it's just like more, more piling onto that rage that Gone continues to suppress, and it's like eventually it's gonna, it's gonna boil over. It's not gonna be able to hold that in forever. Yeah, like because this is like the most serious situation they've been in against people who are like way stronger than them and will like easily kill them, like. Because, like, a- after this, uh, Killua said, like, a knuckle notes on how much they changed, and Killua says, like, they're the ones who changed us. Like, they exposed Gon to loss. He's never, like, like he's never, you know, his his dad left him, but he never really knew him. Like, no one he's really cared about has died. You know, he's fought to keep them from dying, but, like, that's never... This is the first time where he's, like, having to deal with these these feelings and emotions, where Killua is, like... You know, he's he's never had anything, anyone he cared about losing. And so, like, he's been trying to protect Gone. And, you know, because he's been, this is the closest he's got to losing his best friend. You know, but what, what first with Pito, like, the first thing we d- did was, you know, knock Gone out and run away. And then with Ramon, where he had his big character moment. So, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, so, anyway, then we get to the uh, the sorting, where um, the the East Gorto kingdom is, uh, or rural area, they're... Um, Every single citizen is supposed to come to the capital, and the ants are going to use that to um, filter Nen users out of the population by, like, you know, exposing everyone to Nen, and everyone who survives gets uh, turned into ant food. Um, And ant soldiers to uh, Merum's army to rule the world, basically. Um, And, of course, so they gotta gotta act, pretty much. And um, there's a... (laughs) There's the scary gone moment... Where <laughs> yeah, Morel's like, you know, I don't think you have what it takes. Show me what you got, and then he, yeah, he's like, hit me like like I'm the the ant who killed Kite, and then you just see the the dead eyes and uh, <gasps> like, no. well, first you see Morel buff up, and he's like, he's getting some some Togoro vibes, and it like he's huge, like he's he's a strong Nen user comparable to Netero, like you yeah. know, or, like Netero Netero is being kind and saying like, oh, I'm about as strong as you guys, like he's still up there, he's still notably above Gon, and but Gon he's like. Gon's like, I'm sorry, I almost killed you. <laughs> Scary yeah, like, Gon. Yeah, like even the way it's 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 handled, where it's just like you have the panel of like Killua just putting his hand on Gon's shoulder and being like, "That's enough." Uh, and then like the mo- uh, it's it's very well. I mean, obviously, like pa- pacing and manga. I don't know how, but like the way it's it's composed, it's it gives the sense of like it, it, it has a lot of weight to it. It's like ooh. No, yeah, Togashi's good with his art. Um, <laughs> Moral needs new pants, and that's the other thing. Um, uh, but no, um, going scary. Uh, anyway, so... Oh, then we get the news reports of what the other Chimera ants are doing around the world. Like, uh, the lobster one's just shooting people. And then there's... Uh, Leol actually like shows up on a friggin' interview, um, which is <laughs> interesting. Um... And of course, like, oh, are you real? And then he just eats the interviewer. So, um, like the 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 one is just warning everyone, like, stay away from the, these ants; they're really dangerous. Um, I guess we get a bit of a cutaway from the uh, from the regular action with the the Phantom Troop. Hey. We get the, we get the power scale. We get to see where our <laughs> our former antagonists uh, go against uh, how they measure up against the 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 ants. Um, so, and I guess this answers the question. So, yeah, they are still very much allied with Meteor City. I kind of just forgot, I guess. Um, like, and it's kind of interesting where you see, like, because the Phantom Troop isn't 100% in line with um, Meteor City's ideals. Like, because Meteor City is, like, trying to think, like, okay, how do, like, 
they don't even know what the like with the mutated uh guys they don't even know what the hell to make of them like uh, do because their whole ideal is like okay if you take something from us we'll take something from you but then they're like okay well they're technically alive so nothing's been taken from they're so they're confused they don't know how to deal with it basically where the phantom troop they are more like like less uh beholden to that sort of moral standard like because as we've seen they're just willing to take without uh, having anything been taken from them in return um and kill without um, anyone of them being killed. They're just um, so they're they're kind of the ideal ones to deal with this sort of situation because uh, they're outside of that system, I guess. Even though they're still trusted within it, which is interesting. Like I said, I'd love to see more of the Phantom Troop and, and uh, Meteor Meteor City. So yeah, but because we get to see more of the Phantom Troop, we also get to see a little bit of Kaluto. Finally, yeah, like like the you know the opportunity to sort of use like we see you know Shalnark and uh, Shizuka who we, we did get before, but we also get more of like. Uh, Finks and uh, the uh, what's his name? The Bolanov. Bolanov, yes. And like the one, the Phantom Troop members we haven't seen as much of, uh, which is neat. Um, but yeah, they infiltrate the uh, the Chimera Ant Hive and <laughs> they, they they're just kind of fucking around for most of it, honestly. Um, but sometimes, like you know, they do have to sort of put in their effort. We see Kalito um, using using paper powers. We get the whole thing with uh, Banolinov's power of like he's got all these holes in his body and it's he's from this like tribal sort of I don't know it's it's uh, just the way that like he's got yeah, all these holes weird. in his body and he can like like use like the sound as like part of his power and it's right he know, does like rituals to create kind of like uh, like first he does just the normal like uh, war tribe spear thing and then he summons the planet Jupiter to crush and it's like okay. Um, <laughs> And then Shalnark, he has a ability like where he's able to like control him. His, he he like puts his own body on autopilot, and he, he doesn't like it though because it hurts him or because it strains his body too much. Um, oh yeah, the thing with Shalnark is <laughs> he he just goes he just goes Super Saiyan for a bit because oh my god, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting ability because obviously he's like the manipulator. But he's like okay, I'll just manipulate myself. Yeah. Um, Shizuka has kind of a, a tough time because she's she's more non-combatant, I th- I guess. Um, and also, like, there's the thing. We're both stupid because, like... Uh, oh, yeah, he just yeah. Used that, the was a, silk. <laughs> that was a really good moment <clears throat> because, like, he, he's like, I can't stop the bleeding. But she's, like, walking away and she's like, wait a minute. And then she, like, walks back to him and is like, you could have done this. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, it's also good for Kalito because he's, like, or, um, like... She shocked that Phaeton so like fast and strong, and then like wait, I w- I was fooling around, but how did they get uh, all these guys get to me first? And like just recognizing the power gap between the the rest of the troop, um, and like they're not even like helping Phaeton. Like <laughs> he they're like yeah, if he dies, we'll we'll go in, I guess. Um, like one on one, like and of course Phaeton does his like he has a he has a t- like going back to the um hunters or men users not immune or uh not immune to their own abilities uh he needs like a whole set of armor to resist uh his uh his super attack that where it's like uh where he turns his the pain he's received into something bigger so yeah that's the thing spooky (laughs) yeah yeah phaeton's just a spooky boy like he even starts like he gets so pissed off that like he starts speaking like in a different language um (laughs) which i guess because oh yeah what I was gone. gonna say when when he is in his I don't when he is in his like superpowered form, um, like even like his his verbal tick of like 
you know, having like broken English, um, like that, that changes. Like he's actually speaking in like complete sentences. And I, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it means. Um, but it was just like, a, it was an interesting. Yeah. Well, cause like, thing. I, I think I commented a while ago that like, uh, you know, the, the verbal tick makes him seem less intelligent, but then uh, yeah, after reading this, uh, you know, like, no, he's, he's perfectly intelligent, but yeah, like you just maybe realize like the, well, I almost said English, but like the, the common language probably isn't his first yeah. language. So he's just not as good with it. Um, yeah. I think someone had, there had also been a comment I think on that the the York New episode where someone was like it it, it more just seems like he doesn't really care to learn the language um like he, yeah like, enough to like be understood but not like yeah. to be fully like you know yeah um well that's right you also get um with, with Kaluto we get a little bit of insight into what his potential motivations could be because he says something about wanting to get his brother back and then you get the the family photo yes. and uh, oh who's with- that in the background ooh. <laughs> Yep. Um, which, which that would, cause like, you know, he doesn't say expli- explicitly who the, the brother is, but you know, it's, 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 it's Alaka, which is kind of, it's, well, it seems also, to be that the implication, but, um, it's interesting. Well, um, well, cause when they say, I was, yeah, now, now I'm, I, I always thought that like when Kalatos, I thought Kalato was more referring to Killua. Um, oh, maybe. But the fact um, that, but the fact that Alaka is in this, in this photo, I guess it's just more like foreshadowing, like, oh, who's this other character? Who's yeah, that's because, be? yeah, I guess that we, yeah, we don't know which brother, because, yeah, it could be Killor or Alaka, those are the most likely ones, but, um, I was gonna say, there's more, there's more that I, comes I out later wanna... that I wanna, I wanna know, I wanna, what, what's up with Kaluto? I wanna know what's up with Kaluto. Kaluto's, like, because I definitely think of the, like, this, the characters in the photo, plus, like, Silva and Zeno, like, he's probably, like, the most mysterious, which is, you know, um, cause mm-hmm. you know, why, why is he in the troop? What, what, what brother is he interested in the most? You know, like, um, cause it's funny. You assumed Kilo and I assumed Alaka. So it's like, wait, wait, which is it? Uh, we don't know. Um, well, I thought, so I, I don't know. Cause I'm just thinking of more stuff later and like the chart, um, thing that comes up later and mm. like, Kal- Kalito doesn't look, I, like I Aluka, but like, okay, there's something then. So it probably is Killa then, but, mm. and there's also like something potentially interesting in like how, how the different characters present gender wise and like how that, how Aluka could be. And it's like, well, what, what, what exactly is it? Like, because yeah, we know why that... does it like, does, does he not like Aluka because of the whole, like possessed by a monster, <laughs> um, you know, or is it kind because of thing, like or... they have. Or maybe it's because, because Alaka has, has like, such a close Kilo's relationship affections. with yeah, yeah. exactly yes. That, and um, I also realized, um, like, the naming scheme for the children, uh, like, it's not just like a fun thing. Like, it's I think it, it's a simple thing, and I don't know how I didn't make the connection sooner. But I think it's like you know, Ilumi is like the oldest, and then Miluki, and then Kilo is like the middle child, and then Alaka, and then Kaluto. I think is like the the youngest, um, which. You know. Yeah, like it goes in a chain basically from yeah. youngest to old or oldest to youngest, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So um, it just like put it in a perspective of like where Kaluto is in like the family dynamic, and I don't know, being the the youngest child, there's a lot that could potentially be explored there, character wise. And Togashi, give me. I'd love to see more of the Zoldics. Yeah, even beyond what we get. Um, and well, like um, considering the Phantom Troop is very likely to return, then um, you know, uh, Kaluto is definitely uh. Like, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at there. But, um, I mean, like, I guess I just, I just, I didn't assume that like there was anything related to Aluka here. Um, but, but then again, it's no, not, it's not like other characters likely, don't just, miss, yeah. it's not like other characters within the Zoldic family don't misgender Aluka. So I guess it could be possible. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, but we'll talk about that later. 
Um, though another thing, so uh, an anime manga difference that I 100% remember is when they're escaping uh, Finx's, like, uh, sun attack. I'm pretty sure I remember a Finx, like, carrying um, Kalito. I think it was Kalito. Maybe it was Shizuka, but I think it was Kalito, like, over his shoulder. Um, which I thought was interesting because it's, like... The troop is pretty like harsh toward each other, but Finks was still like protecting one of his o- one of his own. Um, yeah, from yeah, yeah, Phaetons. Think... Yeah, you're right. And, I, like, I'm especially sure it's that. just it's, and if it or was it Kalito? You think? I th- I think it was Kalito because like Kalito is also like kind of surprised at first, and and yeah, and he's like, which oh, is also I interesting. Power. Yes, <laughs> right. But he's being he's being stupid, and it's like, uh, no, we almost died. Don't. Um, um, and, and it's also interesting because, yeah, Kalito is, like, the newest member and, like, the least, uh, you know... Yeah, it with, would make like, it would make sense that if he carries someone off, it would be Kalito because everybody else would know to run. Right, right. So, it's... And it's, yeah, like I said, it's interesting that he would protect, you know, the, like, protect this, you know, young, stupid, and least um, Phantom Troop member of the troop. Like, because uh, he's not from Meteor City. Like, well, maybe Bolnolov isn't either. Um, so it's not like they're, they're the only one, you know, he's the only one, but still, I just, I just thought that was a really interesting little thing, but it's not, it wasn't in the manga. So, um, you know, it's interesting, but anime only. So, although we do get a little, you know, we get, we get the moment where the, the, uh, members of Meteor City who have been like transformed, they're like, yes. you know, please kill us. And he's like, no way you got to send yourself out in style. He's like, <laughs> So, yeah, so it's like, like I'm not gonna kill for charity. I believe is the line he uses. So it's like they have to like fight and show that they have like that meteor city pride, um, right? To that be worth. Die with dignity, you know. Yeah. Like go fight, go fight against like meteor city's strongest and most well respected like warriors. Don't die like a, a dog. A, 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 literally, like this, the one looks like a dog being put down, you know. Um, but yeah, then they just sort of. You know, they leave, mope about Krolo a bit, and that's it. Just little, little, little Phantom Troop side story. Just catching up with them. Um, yeah, in this particular case, I don't think the fights are as interesting, like, yeah, narratively. Just, but it, it's nice to see the troop again and see, you know, a powers little... powers and... Because, like, even if we don't yeah. get any more details into what's going on with Krolo, um, like, I thought maybe there'd be a reference here that, like, oh, he's had his nan exercised or whatever, but we're not, we don't quite get any information there. But we get to see more of, like... The, like, the thing that's progressing here is, like, Kaluto's dynamic within the troop. And, you yes. know, I don't know. It's it's still it's still doing something and keeping them in the mix. And I guess we're also seeing, like, this is... A, well, because, like, um, as I understand with ants is that the queen is the only female, where chimera ants take parts from other, like, races. So here you have Zazan, who's a female ant, and she's trying to become a queen, not a king. Like, so how she acts as an ant is a bit different. Even, again, mm-hmm. like, maybe nothing, like, major there aside from just the the diff that difference but you know it's neat um to see how like all these differences have affected these chimera ants and all the different things she's consumed so yeah i don't know maybe also their inclusion is kind of connected to the whole like humanity sort of thing going on where it's like even these people you know like even these human murderers can still have like that um more like sympathetic side to them so maybe there's i don't know it's the only yeah, other thing maybe, I could maybe um, think of to take away from it. I hadn't thought about the just that yeah, in, in contrast. So, but we'll just uh, move on for now. We're only two and a half hours in, and how long do we have? How many pages do we have left? Three volumes. <laughs> God, I knew it was going to be six hours long. <laughs> and I actually closed my thing with all the images. Come on, second. Um, I thought you were going to say you closed Audacity, and it's like, oh no, starting the podcast over. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the uh, the sorting is beginning. 
Yeah, we get we get um, more in reference to you know this this just being a North Korea reference because it, like it gets into specifics like oh there are rumors about nuclear development which they're using as a bargaining chip in international politics and gone just like ha- he's having like a meltdown and Kilo's like wait no you can't blow a fuse you'll give us away <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's interesting it's an interesting setting for this arc to be taking place in because with all the stuff with the sorting and people just going missing and everything kind of being kept in the dark it's within a nation that just kind of does that like everything it's yeah, similar like, it's to kind mgl of ex- too you know i thought that what i just realized is kind of interesting is how like yeah first with ng well the thing with ngl is it's interesting because it's like you have um you know this group ngl is this group of people that love nature like they're they'll even let like plagues and stuff like ravage them because oh that's just nature taking its course um and so like they're not even able to do the most basic like thing as the these um these juvenile ants are sort of coming now the ants are so have matured a bit they're more human like and they're taking event they're more able to take care of human systems that are also like um still like yeah the word isn't able to get out of what's happened the only people who know are like the nen users and hunter association uh like even even as ants are going around causing havoc they're just these like monsters that are coming out of nowhere to the rest of the world they don't they don't grasp like the thing so yeah it's like you have it's it's silence still happening, but it's also a more like yeah a human silence. Like yeah, this is just a way that uh, ty- ty- tyrannical nations um, silence their people, and the ants are using that um, as they're becoming more um, you know capable as beings themselves, not just animals, basically. Um, so like it's not just that like oh these two nations have the silencing thing going on, but they're also like the contrast is different, which is interesting. Um, Though there's also more contrast with, like, the political stuff, specifically with Bizef, but I'll talk about him later um, when we get to the palace stuff. Okay. And then there's a really, really good, interesting moment. Um, so, because they talk about the sorting and stuff going on and how, like, they need to stop uh, Pito to uh, stop sorting, but then, like, you know, there's issues like, oh, if we if we fight, we're going to alert the, the ants that something's going on. It'll reduce our chances of beating them later. Um and Gon even says, Killua, no matter what, don't kill people. And I thought, or don't, no, don't stop ants from killing people, you know, because it'll, like... <sighs> and I thought it was interesting because it's Gon telling Killua to be nice and say, and don't save people like a hero. And Killua's the one who came from a murderer family. Like, you'd think Gon... Like, going back to Greed Island, like, the, remember they were in the romance town and there's a girl being harassed by dudes and Gon steps in and they're like, no, don't fall for, like, the oldest trope in the book. Um, and here's Gon, Gon is telling Killua not to do the same, something really similar, and Gon doesn't. That's the thing. is the one who does do that. Like, Wait. he doesn't, he, he makes no promises to Gon, and he's the one who ends up, he- like, helping people. Um, so, or what were you gonna, what, or, did you say something, or? Wait, wait, which moment are you talking about? Who is the one talking to who? Uh, Gon, Gon is telling Killua not to, like, uh, s- step in and save people. Like, he's, um. Wait, wasn't what, it Killua talking to Gon? saying oh, not to do that oh wait i've got it backwards holy shit i misread this scene entirely i'm stupid oh my god <laughs> yeah you're right i'm kill me oh my god <laughs> I, I can't read well no because i guess in that one panel it does kind of look like god might have like an open mouth but yeah that's <sighs> I, but I mean, yeah i guess so, i was so, speeding through too fast because well, you you but... were saying that like kill was one saying like you know don't get involved but then kill was yeah, the no, one who ends up getting now. involved yeah, no, that, see, Gon, yeah, that, okay, that, that changes the scene, but yeah, it's still interesting, because, yeah, Gon, or Killua tells Gon not to do anything, and then he does things himself, and Gon, where Gon listens, and doesn't do anything, um, like, Gon, Gon just kind of fights ants, and Killua ends up, does, you know, t- t- getting people out, so, um, 
<laughs> I'm so stupid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that um, the only thing I could think that this may be being like relevant to is like a moment later where it's kind of like the inverse, where it's not someone being killed, but it's someone being healed. But eh, I don't know. Or maybe my brain's just not working. <laughs> I know mine isn't. Anyway, um, we cut away to Nov and Moral talking to one of the military leaders of the, the East Corteau, um, getting information. Then we see more of them later, uh, which is what I thought we were getting at, but we weren't. Um, oh, Knuckle and uh, Shoot talk about the having to turn a blind eye to all the murder, and they kind of... Uh, like yeah, because you know, yeah, it's like, oh, we'll let millions die so we can save billions, or... Right there, that's the right. That's the conversation they're having, and of course, as it turns out, like um, taking action and helping people is the right thing to do, as uh, because they find out the the ants are getting like they're starting to get Hatsu abilities and learning their abilities from uh, Poof and becoming more dangerous as time goes on. So, like the the faster they act, the weaker their opponents are. So yeah, um, which is very shonen, you know, just like act, move, do your do the hero thing. Um, So. But yeah, go and fight some ants. Um, another fight I just don't have uh, much to say about, except uh, the Bat Girl is kind of cute, design wise. That's all I have to say. Like it's a fun fight. I mean, yeah, like you there's see... at least there's a little more to this fight than the one with like the snake guy who just kind of shows up and gets like punched. Yeah, because uh, you see a little more of. Uh, well, you've got Mel- his name, uh, Mel. Mel- <laughs> Meliorum, yeah. Uh, like he, he's watching, yeah, and... and so he gets like a chance to spectate. And you've got Gon, like, figuring out, like, how to use his senses and how to use his powers to, like, make up for the, the combo attacks he's getting. And it, and it is, like, a fun fight. Um, but you're right that I, I can't think of really much to yeah, take away I, from compared it. Compared to, like, right, because, like, um, we have, uh, like, there's a brief cutaway of Poof talking to some of the other ants. And then then we get Killua saving the, uh, um, saving people from the ants. Okay, now we get the scene I was thinking about. Um so the, the, they basically, uh, people fail, hunters failed to catch Chitu because instead of using the recommended hunter, it was temp hunters. And so it turns out that it's uh, the vice chairman of the Hunter Association, uh, uh, a rat, <laughs> we'll get to. <laughs> um, like already being characterized and stuff like, yeah, like, like you said, like dozens of chapters before he actually shows up. Um, and they're bitching about sort of the problems with the association where it's like more about like, you know, deed and what you've accomplished with regards to like getting the missions that you want rather than like, you know, apply- like, especially with the individuality thing is like, who's the best suited for this mission. And, you know, like uh, we don't actually see who was sent after Chidu and who more wanted to send after Chidu and like what their abilities were, but um, they're dissatisfied and not happy with how things turn huh. out. Yeah. That, that's um, interesting from the perspective of like the, the like the collective and individual thing. Um, Cause I guess it's in a way kind of like flipping it on its well yeah well it's like it's not they're not recognizing the individual like they're they're focusing on this this collective group under the vice chairman is focusing on their interests over like putting the best individual in the position to do the best job basically so it's Um, more like they're willing to jeopardize like in this case like the vice chairman is like willing to jeopardize like the 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 situation by like letting these ants get away which would be you know, detrimental to the collective, but for, like, their own personal benefit, because, like, oh, it'll get blamed on Netero, and, you know, so there's, like, some... Yes, and that was another idea that really struck me about this whole exchange, is that, like, Netero's the one, like, actually trying to solve the situation that could literally, like, end humanity if handled incorrectly, and, like, 
In doing so, he will bear the responsibility of anything negative that happens. Like, it doesn't matter if 500,000 people die or 5 million people die. He's going to be blamed for all of it. And it's it's a bad big number either way. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of a shitty situation to be lumped with. And it's part of the reason, like, you have, like, big uh, groups, like, wringing their hands and not acting over serious yeah, shit sometimes. Yeah, because, because you um, realize, like, how small of a group, relatively, we have in the in the situation. And, I mean, like, there, there are moments where they're like, oh, we'll get a replacement hunter, or we'll call for backup, or whatever. Um, but they never really end up doing that. So it's only, like, you think, like, if this is a, a threat to humanity, potentially, they've got, what, like, a team of three people? And, like, yeah, yeah they're not. This should, be a, this should be an all-hands-on-deck situation, but no one wants to put that responsibility in. And like, well, so, and to talk about how like on point this is, cause this happened and this would have been like in the two thousands basically. Um, and so, cause fairly recently I watched a uh, Shin Godzilla, which is very much a response to the sort of uh, Toho earthquake and Fukushima disaster. And one of the points of the movie is like, yeah, the government is, their hands are completely tied to this unexpected situation and they're just really slow to act because they're like, again, no one wants to take proper responsibility. Uh-huh. Like, so I just, I just see similar ideas in there and like this, but this predates that, that disaster. So it's I just seeing like, you know, Togashi's kind of awareness of like how these big systems work. It, it's, it, it echoes to the future and that's, uh, really good. Um, even if it's like not really direct or like, 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 uh, uh-huh. Shin Godzilla directly references that incident where obviously like, you know, he's not going to protect an earthquake and, uh, radio, like radioactive disaster. Like that's ridiculous, but it's just the same broad concept ideas I, I noticed and, um i'm working on a shin godzilla video just saying um i like the movie a lot so anyway um that was a little off topic but i just want to talk about the how like because it's just a small little thing really to the arc um but it's it like gets at some things i've been thinking about lately so um, anime and manga they're not political don't (laughs) no godzilla is political the big rubber suit monster Um, very political that's not even a joke. <laughs> um. But no, but yeah, it, it is interesting to see that sort of to see that kind of starting to creep in. Um, yeah. Whereas up to the up to this point, I don't think there's really been much. Yeah, I mean, like, like Netero I, exists, but other than that, like hunters are all these like fickle individuals, and we don't really see how the group operates. Yeah, this as is a the whole. first time we're really getting like a di- yes. Like I guess in the hunter exam, there was like a little bit to say like oh something something the association, but now we're getting a little more like concrete it's like here are the here's what's going on with the association and kind of like getting a couple little names or you know hints at positions within the association yes. so we're starting to get into it a bit yep um and i'm looking forward like uh, i'm looking forward to every discussion from like not that no i guess i've been looking for every discussion of hunter hunter period but like the rest of the camera ant and the election is interesting stuff so um but we'll get there we're still we're <sighs> I was just looking at how many pages we have left. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> how much time we've gone so far. Um, <laughs> I started it early for a good reason, uh, recording. And um, but anyway, the uh, martial law is instated, which uh, the the ants are responding to um, the incursions by the hunters. Um, Leol's group has net abilities, so the one like dragonfly guy is able to watch like uh, scout people, and you get, we get more fighting sort of happening. Then we get, so yeah, Killua's fight uh, against, like, not just, like, three uh, Chimera Ants, but, a, like, a bunch, and it's it's really good stuff. Um, like, he just, like, first, he's just, like, murdering whole crowds of ants. Um, it would be better if it wasn't censored for some reason. <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, 
in in some ways, I feel like it's a weird thing to get to get hung up on because it's like, well, I mean, I I understand what's happening, but then like I don't know, it's mainly like it's it's pretty jarring. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, just like the, the one where there's like a big I, black like, bar, it's just like in the panel. It's like what are you? <laughs> well, it's ironic because like if it wasn't censored, I we wouldn't be mentioning it at all. Yeah, like, yeah, it sure is gore. Like maybe the one pa- the one panel, the first one of the um the dictator. With, because it, it's probably the goriest thing, single panel in the manga. Yeah. Um. But other than that, it's like I wouldn't. But because it's censored, it calls attention to itself. Yeah. You know, which is ironic, and it's not completely censored either. Like, and you can still kind of see it. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of ironic that it, it it's censorship, but it, all it does is make it worse in a way. Like it doesn't make it look worse, but it makes it more noticeable. So uh-huh. it's weird. But anyway, Killua. Um. Yeah, like like you said, uh, no no hesitation. He just goes in and kills uh, the Ikago's host. Um, and then he sort of has an engagement with Ikalgo above the water. Um, and he sort of like, ta- is able to like figure like, oh yeah, uh, you'll be in danger if they go, you go into the water too, won't you? Um, he, and it's like, it's, and it's, and it's good. Cause Kilo, like he gives uh, Ikalgo a chance, like, I'll let you live if, uh, you tell me your partner's ability, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die to help my friends. And Kilo's like, damn, you're cool. I like you. It's Kilo's a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like I think the, like the the inverse. Okay, because it's interesting contrast too. Like with like Kilo and Gon. Like Kilo is like saying Gon don't uh, help people, and then he helps people, and then he's like be- being friends with Akago. Like he's you know the one seeing all these ants for who they are. Where Gon is like Melor. He does become comrades with Melorim, but like I always thought it was interesting because like yeah he murders these ants and Mel- and he's like oh hey I'm um you know let's team up and gone's like super suspicious and like how i saw it is like uh like killua and ikago become friends like because of killua because of him like looking at ikago and like giving him value to this like um and you know he was like wait this is happening we're with gone and melorem become friends in spite of gone like only because melorem is like so persistent basically like because gone is fucking terrifying and it's like it's such a good inversion because like killua is like the murder child but no he's making friends and then gone's like the pure-hearted boy but no he's having like he only barely makes friends with melorem because like after threatening like yeah i'd kill you if you were lying to me like i think i think it's really interesting as as like a display of you know, like these characters have been together for at this point going on like 200 chapters and over. Um, so like it's interesting seeing how long they've been together and seeing like how they have kind of influenced each other um, in some ways for the better, in some ways for the worst. Um, yes. Because like in Killua's case, like clearly um, the fact that he's able to like see the humanity in these people, I think is it's in some way a result of him being friends with Gon and just yeah. seeing the way well, that like, Gon is, yes. is able to kind of interact with the world. And yeah, I guess in Gon's case, or, it's okay. less that like, oh, Killua being a murderer um, somehow made Gon be more. But it's more like there there are certain moments where you can tell that like Gon is kind of getting complacent with Killua's willingness to kind of, you know, clean up his messes because there's even a point where um, uh, Meliaron like, calls him out on it he's like well don't you have a friend who's gonna be like he's gonna question me or whatever and he's like oh it's okay you know he'll You're he'll right. give in as long yeah. as i as you know as long as i say so um that's it that's interesting when you frame it like that because like how because there's a line where Kilo has where it's like oh gone you're so you're so bright he's you're so shining like he he you know he he, he cares deeply about his friend and like but he's he sees him as like he almost like doesn't question him at all like he just sees him as this bright light 
and yeah. like he and as a result he becomes brighter but he's also kind of ignoring the darkness you know or he's mm-hmm. not recognizing it like and yeah like you said like and, and so no one's questioning gone or like and between gone and Kilo, and neither of them are questioning gone when he goes darker basically like um like you said like i hadn't thought about it like that we're like because i realized like oh yeah kilo is like ignoring he's only seeing gone as light and shiny he's not seeing the darkness in there but also like gone's just expecting Killua to like cover for him cover his for his faults and his mistakes and stuff yeah. but he's not doing that and like so it's got the friendship thing but it's also there's a fault there's almost like like there's too much friendship because Killua is not doubting gone he's not he's not being like careful and understanding regarding his friend and it's <laughs> i mean yeah and there's there's more with this that comes later oh and boy Gon there says is. some things and it's uh... yeah and it's, so like i said I th- the contrast in like the way their dynamic has changed from the ants is and each other is it's really good <laughs> good character writing really good oh yeah no i i was like i love this arc it's so good and we're not even in the quote-unquote good stuff um Though I, I will say our enjoyment of it is, is definitely in part because we uh, know it comes, so... Yeah. Anyway, then we get the, the fight of Killua against the uh, the two... The twi- the twins, I guess. Oh, um, this this fight is... Oh, my goodness. This one is good because it's like the dart board. Like, he figures out the darts. And it turns out Killua is a freaking dart god already, like, from age seven. <laughs> and it- he uses... Or what are we going to say? Well, I remember seeing a, a video on this um, by Furphy. He was even uh, in our comments at one point. Oh yeah, um, I know Furphy. And it's something about like how the the like the the twist for this fight. Like, ooh, what's what's the you know what's like the the def- the deciding factor that is allows Kilo to turn the tables. And it's not like oh he he invents like a new power or something or this that. He just like it's based on like characterization, like the way that he's able to you know figure out the um you know the solution like he figures out the dark game that they're playing because of his, his upbringing with his family and whatnot so it's like if any other character was in that situation probably would have been screwed but because it was Killua and because Killua had you know this this like background he was able to you know use his abilities in a way that allowed him to to win the fight as opposed to it you know when people talk about like ass pull power-ups or whatever or like you know how how are they going to get out of this situation this is one where togashi like very clearly creates a situation where it's like this guy's powers yeah. are impossible to beat like the only way that it'll work is if he like misses the dartboard or whatever and so like he almost creates this expectation that it's like is that how the fight's gonna end is Killua gonna die like what's gonna happen and then <laughs> Killua is just a, a monster and yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, and it is—it's interesting that you bring that up because you could easily make them complain that it's—it's it's contrived. Killua is the because yeah, Killua is the only one who could have like won the fight because he has like the perfect ability to stop the the uh, um, the the dart. He um, he he has the the specific knowledge of being good at darts from it, like his specific upbringing. Like it's it's so perfect you could you could wind it contrived, but it's also so interesting and creative. Like. Kilwa used like programming the electricity to act as like the nerves in his brain, but like without having to go to his brain to get like that instantaneous like speed yeah. is like probably the most creative like use of lightning I've seen. With yeah. like second place being Enaru defibrillating his own heart, um, like <laughs> it's 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 really clever, and it's just like it's yeah, this it's just a really cool like encounter with the general like you know mechanics and tactics and strategy and stuff and just like the cre- creative uses of powers like 
Nen is Nen is cool, and this is, fight is like the one you point at to explain why. Because like there's it's it's just really neat. <laughs> and I guess there's also you know with regards to these characters, I guess you could say that there's another um, another case where like it's it's a powerful ability, but maybe not one that was fully fleshed out or not fully considered with regards to um, the basics because they it's set up so that like the characters can hear the they can hear Kilawa and what's going on and they can talk to him but they can't see him so like if they could see yeah what their damage was doing they would have been able to tell that oh he took the you know he was able to block the thing and he didn't die but they you know they they get too complacent like they they're able yeah. to hear and him another thing he said is that but... um there's also the the dart oh sorry you you're still going well no i was going to say i was just finishing up like yeah they were able okay. to hear him but they you know, they couldn't see that they didn't kill him. And so when they just kind of wander out leisurely and are like, yeah, we did it. Uh, nope. Then they're dead. Yep. Yep. And then with the, the other thing is the dark game itself is like Killa was immediately able to tell that they were playing by like standard international rules where it's like, if they, if they'd had the experience to consider that is like, they would have realized like, Oh, maybe we should like be, you know, not be so straightforward, you know, like, yeah. um, or if, unless that's part of the rules of the, the, the Nen ability, which I do not recall off the top of my head. But it's like, you know, um, yeah, there's like the, like with Chidu, there's ways that they could have like changed their ability to um, account for more experienced opponents. But um, it's not. Yeah, it's not called out as much as what Chidu's is because Moral's like Moral's doing the knuckle thing where he's like tutoring his opponent. Oh, in a yeah. way. Or no, he's no, he's just thinking about it. I don't think he actually tells him until the end. I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll go through it again. But um. Well, I, Another I thing also, I just or, oh, I'm also on. trying to think with this fight because the characters, you know, the, the siblings, they talk about like, oh, we trust, you know, our trust in each other, our faith in each other is, uh, you know, the most powerful or whatever. Um, so I, I'm not 100 percent sure what like the whole faith trust thing is like what that could maybe entail with regards to this fight. But it's something I'm going to be thinking about. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I can't think of anything either right now. But I, one thing I'm noticing right now that I think is interesting is um. Because that's where the fight Kilo collapses, and he's just, he's shocked at the damage he's sustained. Like, oh, is this really my blood? And I realized, because, like, this is sort of the negative side of his, like, his newfound, like, courage, basically. Because because he's been so cautious, he's never really gotten hurt in any fight I can that I can think of. Um, yeah, at least he's always not run to away. this extent. No, like, yeah, not, not like, like, even in, like, Greed Island, like, he, he won that one pretty handily. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, uh, Bisky's beaten him up a bit, but not, like to the point of not being able to move because he's lost so much blood. Like, so I just thought it was interesting that like, oh yeah, he's, he's never been this hurt before. So he's, he's like, he's shocked. He's like, wait, this is my blood. What happened? He doesn't understand what it's like to be this hurt because it's never happened before. So like, he's still inexperienced in a way. And like, um, you know, oh, yeah, he, he does get, right. yeah, because like he'd even said like he, he'd never fought any of his battles, you know, truly before. And then I'm thinking back, like, well, what happens on Greed Island? Well, he beats the guy pretty handily. What happens in York New? I mean, he doesn't really. He gets. He's out of his league, but he doesn't even really try. Uh, and so right, yeah, kind of. Right. They, they, yes, they manage to escape all their major fights. They have little scuffles, but nothing where he gets like seriously. Like even Gone has been like he's gotten like with a uh, um, Hisoka, he's gotten knocked the hell out with. Um, uh, Hanzo, he gets his arm broken and g gets knocked the hell. Like he's got, he's been knocked on his ass before and hard. Where Kilwa really never did. Um, so like the closest would be the Bisky training, you know. But even yeah, then, that that's uh, another really interesting part of their dynamic. Now that you mention it, because you have like Gon, who very, you know, 
I'd almost say gleefully, like put, like I've said before, he's kind of glutton for punishment. Like he'll put himself <laughs> in these situations where he knows he's going to get hurt in some way, but he's just so stubborn Again, that he'll fight go through is... with it. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> no, like Killua will, he, before he would deliberately avoid that. I had never considered that with regards to this fight. That's really interesting. Yeah, and of course he, but he, and he gets saved by Ikalgo because he he made friends with the ants because he's he's good. <laughs> Ikalgo, the true MVP of the Chimera Ant Arc. Yeah, no, <laughs> especially we'll see more of him next time. But um, so anyway, um, yeah, Ikalgo saves Kilo, and then we go back to Gon, and he's running into uh, Meliorem or Jail as he introduces or Melioron. Uh, I, I think I'm mixing up his name with Meliorem for some reason, and I don't know why because I'm probably because I'm stupid, but uh. Meliron. It's what I say. <laughs> I've been saying Meliron the entire. Uh, I think you even said it correctly, but you just never corrected me. I thought maybe directly, I was just mishearing you. Uh, <laughs> you forgot that I am also stupid. I'm just really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but yeah, we get their conversation is good. Uh, you have this scary ass gone moment where he's like, um, "I could kill you without reservations," as we mentioned a couple times before. And there's also a really good exchange, I think, um, where. Um, like Gon's like, oh, you seem you seem more human than other ants, and oh, well, I approached yes. you because I thought you were more of a monster, and then he's just like, you know, where this because we haven't talked about it as much because it mostly it really comes into play with like Merum later, but like you know, going by like Togashi's like, like I mentioned how I think I predicted how the series might end, where um, you know, because like with Yu Hakusho ends with the human and demon worlds together, uh, level E ends with the human and alien worlds sorted together. So why not like the human and you know Nen user slash Chimera worlds together, where it's just like it's sort of a you know a carnalization. It just levels the playing field. Where and here he's like, yeah, well, like I pointed out with the camp tigers, is that like yeah, these are animals that are kind of human esque in a way. And so here's like yeah, there's no real difference between uh, humans and Chimera ants. They're both volitional animals. You know, they have different like bot capabilities, but you know, so do regular humans. So it's like just, you know, ants are more extreme. Um, and yeah, it, it's really good because Gon is fucking scary and Meliron's a good boy. <laughs> um, he's just a little, little sneaky and, uh, suspicious, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good conversation. Um, and it's funny how like Meliron's trying to like, He's trying to make Gon, like, be more, like, doubtful and suspicious. Like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll be your partner. And he's like, what? Think about it more. But I have a friend. And he's like, yeah, but I'm a mo-. He's like, there's, like, four panels and he's just being confused and smoking. And it- <laughs> he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, he talks about all of his uh, his powers and how the ants don't know about his, uh, his real uh, abilities. Uh, God's alibi and God's uh, or perfect plan. Um, I forget. Yeah. But it's a neat... But yeah, their plan is to sneak up on the king and kill him. Or hit him with an unprecedented attack. But, uh... Oh, there's another good page when Gon gets in contact with uh, Moral and Nov. And, uh, I guess I'm skipping ahead a bit if you had anything more to say on uh, Meliron and Gon. Uh, no, not yet. Okay, yeah, but, um... They talk about the chairman, how he's, like, getting ready for the, the final day. And there's, like, the big page of the 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 hawk, the eagle running away. And, and that rose looking fucking intense, just meditating. <laughs> uh... Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was also that earth. part where um, when Kilua was running in the forest and he get, he feels like a bad vibe and he's like, nope, not going to go that way. Uh, I, for, I I think they call attention to it later, but I think was that in reference to Netero's uh, training? I don't remember what it was. You mean, was this way earlier? Yeah, way earlier, before Kilua even okay. like encounters Ikalgo and stuff. 
Okay, because if was he with Khan? Is that no? That he was by no, himself. that was okay. That was with Meliaron because he like recognized Meliaron's presence because he was following them. So this was maybe it was because hmm. uh, I don't remember that scene specifically. Maybe it was Netero. Well, because I closer. thought. Unless, like I said, maybe it comes up later, but I thought I remember in the anime there being like, well, Kilua sends this thing way in the distance, and it was, uh, but it might not have necessarily been. Maybe it wasn't in the manga, I don't because I don't remember it, so. Oh, okay, so yeah, the ultimate plan is that um, Netero is going to deal with the king, Meruem, and everyone else is going to distract the royal guards so that he can do it. Um, and then we get back to Meruem, um, as he's playing... Um, shogi with the the local master and uh <sighs> see um Merum, i thought one thing i thought was interesting about his thing is that like he um like shonen is all about not giving up and like the, the shogi play the shogi player like like shogi you know you play until your opponent makes a mistake and then you capitalize on that mistake and Merum's like but i'm i would never make a mistake and like why 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 were you trying even though there was no chance of winning like he's used to perfection like yeah. he's not used to the human sort of failure try again uh the shonen thing basically um because he hasn't tasted failure yet so he refuses to like respect the you know the fail like this this failure in this way and that uh terrifies the guy like <laughs> and he kills him like if he had just like maybe bowed his head and like yeah uh I, I was a fool. Like, just you know, knew knew his place. He might have lived a, at least a little longer. He probably now nah, he probably would have died. But um, <sighs> Merim's scary. <laughs> then he plays against the Go player, and who like he just um, you know, I, I need rest so I can. And then yeah, he just hangs himself later. Um, and then we yeah, get. I, well, I was gonna say her. I, li- I liked uh, oh, Me- Merim's response here. Um, because it just kind of shows that like. He's he's still pretty callous at this point, and you know, like I don't know, unsympathetic. But he's but he's but he's still here. Also, like, well, I'll give you I'll give you eight hours to sleep and get some medicine. And specifically, he's like rest as if your life depended on it. So it's like <laughs> he, it's almost like he's being kind of generous because he's like, oh, okay, I want to beat you at your best. Uh, but it's also like from the perspective of he's like you. I don't know. This guy is just kind of like a tool to serve his ends. Right, he just he wants to beat him to say I'm the best at this. Like he's just, exactly he's a tool to show that he's the king of kings. And uh, then he goes against the queen, the best. Oh my god, <laughs> I love Komugi. Like well, we talked before on a fairy tale about how like um, oh you know uh, he he included the, Wendy this Moa character and then he didn't really handle her as well as he could have because I reason like oh you know have her like grow with like use the Moe as like a growth thing and but he didn't really. Um, and Togashi introduces Komugi, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, he gets it, he gets it, because, like, she's Gatmoe, she's pure Gatmoe, because she's this useless idiot who's a god at this, this game, um, Gungi, and she's adorable, <laughs> I love her, <laughs> like, shut up or I will, um, kill you, and she's just like, she's like, you posted the one panel of her, like, with the finger to her mouth, and it's, <laughs> she's so cute. Yeah, and she passes out, because, like, she closes <laughs> her mouth to not talk, and it, her nose is stuffed, so she can't breathe, and she just passes out. <laughs> so instantly, so like, this is very clearly different from the the other interactions, because, like, before, it's all serious, he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your life if you, if you lose, but immediately, like, the life-or-death stakes are almost thrown out the window because you have this character coming in being an absolute goofball. And Yes. And, and when... as it turns out, that's, like, she's already bet- betting her life on every match. Like, so it's, he's... Well, 
it's it's really good. But you were, you were saying, or well, yeah, it's, it's also just kind of funny seeing Meadowem just like not put up with it at all. He, well, like he doesn't I, know how to react, so he's just like. I just realized that goes into what he's saying before, because it's like, oh, any pro player, you disrupt their rhythm, and then you do defeat them. And here he is having his rhythm completely thrown off because Komugi is so stupid. That she 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 throws everyone into her pace because they have to like especially when they're trying to like play with her like you know they have to wait for her to catch up so she it, everything's at her pace like right yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right because like she needs the moves announced and stuff. Huh? I had hmm. I ooh I didn't tie that to it either. Ooh yeah no she's oh that's good no Komuki is like so like not just good but great great for the arc as well. Um, yes. Well, because also Cause... at this point, like, Meadowem has just been like, oh, he's the king. He's the, you know, the evil bad guy we got to take down. We got to stop the ants. But if there's going to be any sort of, like, look at, like, oh, the, the humanity of the ants versus, like, or, you know, like, the inhuman, humane, humane words, you know, that like, that dynamic of, like, the inverse of, like, how Gon is descending while this other character ascends. You got to have the character, so you got to take Meadowem, and he's the, ah, Right, that's the whole thing. Is like Gon's becoming more, you know, vil- more animal-like, and Meroem's becoming more human. And well, going back to what the with Gyro, what I mentioned is how like you know, e- being evil and shitty births more evil and shittiness. Where like with Komugi, is she's she's like the I, the best of humanity. She's like because like ultimately at the end of the day, she's like she's accomplishing something great by being the great Googie player, and she's doing it by like offering her life for lives for her life for her family. She's doing something like a human would do, like. Um, playing games is very much a human thing, you know? Like, we create games and play them and be good at things for no other reason than for entertainment. And she's, like, mastered this to a point, like, that even Meruem, who's, like, the super genius who's mastered, like... Like, Go is a game that, like... I don't even think computers... Maybe computers have... mm, I don't remember. Maybe not Go quite yet, but, like... um, Like, chess has been mastered by computers. Tic-tac-toe can be mastered by a human. And this is a game that's even deeper than, like, Shogi and Go. Um... And she's, like, really good at it, like, as a human. And Merum, like, and she's the one who gives Merum the first, like... She doesn't really, like, he's lost these games before, but he has to, like, learn. And, like, well, he, like, keeps learning and keeps trying and keeps getting better. And still, like, she's this insurmountable, like... Uh, there's a moment later where um, Poof talks about how, like... Oh, I thought that uh, Merum would have won by now, but she's improving at a rapid rate, too. Like, <laughs> she's basically got an inability where she just... She doesn't lose, um... Uh, and um, there's more to it too, but it, she's Komugi is very good. Well, you said that she shows the best of humanity, so does that make her best girl? <laughs> yes, she is best girl. Like Visky, is really, really good. But Komugi, look, I love Slice of Life. My favorite anime is Hinamari Sketch, and it's Moe as fuck. And then Togashi's just like, here, let's let's have this Moe character. I'm like, I would die for her. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I lo- she's very good. So anyway, while that's going on, um, we get Moral and Chiru having their little fight, um, which we've already brought up a few times. But um, this one is still really neat and interesting because we get to see like <laughs> Chiru's failure and not understanding, um, just you know, fighting or even what his own ability like incentivizes and like how the the contradiction between like the contradiction between what he wants and what his ability like rewards. Because yeah, it's not a really a game about. Um, running or chasing it's a game about patience and moral's way more patient than chitu because he's <laughs> the fastest but so he's got to move fast and he's like shit um, 
And I guess it also really struck me in the combat because, like, he comes up with an ability on the fly, like, on his own without, like, Poof's help. Like, he just makes the crossbow. And it's and also it's completely still... useless. <laughs> yeah, right, because he's just, he's so fast. He literally comes up with an ability in a moment. Like, and it's, yeah, it's, like you said, it's just completely fucking useless. <laughs> yeah, and I really like Morel's response to that, where he's just like, why would you create a weapon that's slower than your legs? Like, what? And you she idiot. just gives a space, and it's like, shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a really good com- encounter, um, and yeah, like especially because Moral is like, like after Netero, he's like the most experienced and like level headed. Because Nov is experienced, but he like he 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 falls apart like the moment he encounters anything big. Um, so Moral's like he's the like the 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 cap of experience aside from Netero, going up against Chidu, who's like the fastest and most impatient. So it's really good contrast. Yes, um, man, M- Morel is just he's a, he's a really cool character. I mean. Like the way he's just he's so nonchalant about things and yeah, he's like the perfect contrast for Chitu. Because like you see Chitu getting all hot headed and he's like, Ah, I'm gonna ah and Morel's just Like I'm on like, the panel where yeah, like Morel's just chilling and Chitu's like bouncing around him, like Touch me, goo, I dare you, you can, I, I'm right here, can't you get me? Like and Morel doesn't he doesn't budge. He doesn't care. <laughs> like I'm not like, getting up for another five hours. Like, Chitu is just like the you know, like the impatient child and Morel is just like the like the grumpy old grandpa is just like I'm just gonna go to sleep for five hours. You... <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, we also get Nov infiltrating. He's going into uh, trying to get to the palace so he can leave his portal there with his ability. Um, and then we get a, another Meruem Komuki moment where um, finally she has her rhythm broken for just a moment when he does the isolated king move and. She immediately, well, she, like, pauses before trouncing it, like, immediately, and she talks about why, and she's like, oh, it was, like, killing my baby, because I made that move, and I made the counter move a year later, like, because she's, she's the one, like, he's, he's catching up to her, and she's this master Goongi player, and, yeah. Um, Yes. And uh, Poof mentions, like, oh, that's the first time he's listened to someone for so long, like, he's, he's interested in this person, and why she acts the way she does, he's becoming interested in a human being, and... Poof's, like, getting afraid. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Moral beats Chidu with some, like, he, he does the sm- the loop of the smoke. Like, he, I think he even says later, like, later, like he's never encountered a, uh, an ability more versatile than his uh, deep purple. Because mm-hmm. he can just make whatever he wants out of smoke. And it's, it, 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 he, he does a lot of crazy shit with it. Yeah, it is a, a good ability. I um, mean, yeah. Or, I, also, I also, I'm thinking about Chitu, like, the fact that he comes up with a new ability on the spot thing again. And it's kind of... It almost makes me think of like you know like the like the Deus Ex Machina power ups like the ass pulls like here's one where he like literally just comes up with a new power up on the spot, but it's like it's subverted because like he it, it's useless because like he didn't think it through at all, like even his own abilities are better than the ability that he comes up with. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one thing I just kind of realized that's interesting about the contrast between Moral and Chidu's powers, less with the story itself, because I've done like I've, I've probably mentioned before, but I've done like role play writing and stuff where I've explored, you know, characters having these these kind of powers, but created myself. And like, there's definitely a divide between like protagonist powers and antagonist powers because it's you know, well, if we ever uh, Mathews, if you ever go through Joseph's adventure, that's another perfect example where it comes up because like protagonist power, Moral has a protagonist power because it's versatile. He can do a lot of different things with it, and Chidu has an antagonist antagonist power because it does one thing. And yeah. like, 
Because, like, if, if you wrote a story around Chitu, he'd just have this, like, every fight would be exactly the same, and it'd be really fucking boring, and no one would read the series, and it would get cancelled because uh, it's boring and stupid. But Moral has a versatile ability, so you could always do, invent new cool things to do with it, and, um... So it's it's interesting that like moral the experienced one has the ability that allows him to do more and just makes sense as a character who like grows and like you know even if he, yeah he's not like a character we've followed through the whole story but he still has an ability like that where Cheeto's just like he he's he's being an antagonist by being like really fast and going against the way the story goes so um just something I randomly noticed right now um yeah and I also like the you know like his condition for his ability was like oh once I get caught, you know, I can never use the ability again. Like, that's how short-sighted he was in, like, thinking about this thing. Because he's like, oh, right. I'll never get caught. Literally, the first time he <laughs> uses it, he gets caught. And he's like, well, gotta go get another ability. Yeah, he's lucky that he, he has an ability dispenser in the, in the form of Poof to get... And, of course, even just the genius, like, he creates his uh, crossbow. Which, he, you know, he could use it again. It, it's it's completely useless and not really effective at all. But he, he can use it again, I guess. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so back to, uh, well, there's a bit with a Leol, and he talks to Chitu, and we get, we get a bit of a Leol's ability as he's gonna, um, act in his own way with Moral, um, and we go back to a Merum who's ta- thinking about, um, <laughs> This This Komugi. panel where, yeah, he's all super serious, and he's like, did she not rest? And she's just there, like, drooling and just asleep. <laughs> so vile. Um, <laughs> no shred of class and- or intellect. It's, oh my god. And of course, the his own talking is good because, like, yeah, he's he's encountering like games and like humanity for the first time, and he's like, um, you know, my rhythm was the one disrupted. Um, it should be an unbearable dignity, but I enjoyed it, like, because you know, yeah, like go- going to gone for a bit, like he he's a masochist in a way. He he has to like like getting hurt in a sense to be willing to do it. Like, not that he like enjoys it, but he's like willing to suffer in that way for the win, and that's how, kind of how like any professional has to do because they have to be willing to like accept and move on from loss and to move on and become great and Meruem is like he's like he doesn't get that but he's also like he is that like he's like why do I enjoy like why do I kind of enjoy losing um if I'm supposed like I'm supposed to be the this god king who stands above everyone like I should be perfect but you know he's recognizing that like not only is imperfection like normal but he's uh, he's also kind of liking it um, in a sense, but he's like, he doesn't, he, and then that frustrates him because he's like, he doesn't get it, but he gets it. Uh, Merum's interesting. Um, yeah, and there's even the part, um, after that where he, like, he makes the, the bet, the wager, and of course, Komugi is willing to give her life for anything, um, because, like, that's just, she's already been doing that. She's already been staking her life on her Goongi. And so then, Meruem realizes, like, oh, you know, it seems like I wasn't taking this seriously. I never considered that you might choose my own life. Um, and so, like, he ends up, like, cutting off his own arm as, like, a, for, like, his personal code. yes. Yeah. It's such a good moment. Yeah, no, it's such a good, like, exchange. Like, and she's, afterwards, she even, like, sort of, like, goes against the king, where before she's been, like, super apologetic and very loyal to the point of, like, passing out from being stupid. But now she's like, no, don't kill me. Kill me in Goongi. And, um... Because uh, she doesn't want to play until the king's better and not, like, bleeding from... Because, um, you know, she has her own pride as a Goongi player. Um, yeah. And <laughs> and it's interesting about, like, the getting into someone else's rhythm. Because, like, here, 
you could almost say that like that that could have disoriented her or whatever but like yeah but metawam is like okay fine call pito and like heal this arm so we can you know yeah she's, she kind of she keeps her rhythm that's a good way of framing it yeah and thought about it like that because yeah he he disrupts the whole thing but she's like no um, and she, you know, he, so he's trying to disrupt the rhythm, not deliberately, but he's, he's, he's trying to disrupt the rhythm and she holds on to it and <sighs> they're so good but together. But it's also from a place of like compassion. Cause she's like, no, I don't, why, why'd you break your own arm? I want you, I want you, you know, she, she doesn't well, want yeah, kind of. And it kind of goes to it's it's it kind of becomes like something really similar between them because they want to if and also going back to like it matters for Golan too where it's like they want to beat their opponent like not out of like concessions or weakness but at like and feel good about it like I beat you what while you were at their best you know like she doesn't want to beat you know like yeah she'll defeat you in Googie like she like um after oh man after three games you've improved so much I'll I'll you know uh, like you know she uh, um but she's still like gonna beat him like she's not gonna handicap herself or go easy yeah and uh it's kind of the reverse too she wants him to go come at her with all he has and like even though you know losing an arm probably didn't affect him that much mentally but uh, yeah still but yeah P- um komugi doing this also happens to like in a very like nov's able to like infiltrate the mansion and d- drop the portal because uh pito's dropped the n- their yeah nan, because pito uh, has hand. to focus on yes. healing the king yeah right and um so just this little this little thing of, of uh Meruem, like wanting to be the best at everything and encountering the one who's who he'll he you know he can't beat um also just and like how he reacts to that also like ends up allowing the yeah, main characters to get in it's really it's really <laughs> interesting because it's uh you know komage would seem like just like a little minor character but she ends up having this you know like it ends up forcing the king to take this action that has like severe ramifications on the plot um because, well, like, not only does it give the characters gone. a chance to, like, sneak in, but also from more of, like, the theming and, like, the, you know, like, the morality sort of perspective, um, later on, they'll have to consider, like, well, why why did they drop the, why did they drop their guard? Like, what happened? Um, and they have to consider, like, where's the position of the king? And I think at one point it comes up, like, did the king hurt himself? And it's like, why would he do that? Yes. And it's That more... did happen in a stretch, and, right, um... Well, because well, the one thing I just kind of realized is that, like, it's both literal and figurative in that, like, Komugi makes the king vulnerable, like, both emotionally, like, uh, there's a great scene later that we see, but also, like, because of Komugi, the, the end was dropped and Nov was able to get in, and, like, um, like she created a vulnerability within, like, not just the king, but also, like, his system by, you know, Pito having to be distracted, and so, like, yeah, she literally makes him more vulnerable um, in that, and just uh, this early, you know, even before we get into the rest of the... Um, the actual conflict later with the uh, the king in the second part of the arc. Um, it's neat. <laughs> so anyway, then we get... Um, so I was bringing... You know, I already talked about Komugi as sort of the, the best of humanity, um, you know, as framed in the story. Then we also get, like, as Nov's sort of on his way to the, the, the castle, the mansion, um, we get introduced to director Bizef, who's uh, the counterpoint, I would say. What do you have to say about this piece of fucking garbage? Um... <laughs> I mean, he's a piece of garbage. Uh, Nothing. I don't really have much specifically to say about him. I guess. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I guess what I'd say, because like they explain why he's here, why he's like the only other actual like living human in the palace, because there's the uh, um, Ming. You know, is uh, he's just a puppet. He's already dead. He's like kite right now. Um, So what I took from Bizef, because like, so if you see Komugi as sort of like the best of humanity and the one who's like positively influencing Meruem, much to uh, Shaipuf's. disgust and hate um 
Bizef is like he's a human, but like because of this scenario and because of like the power he's been given, he's allowing himself to become more of an animal, basically. Yeah. Like when he's taking the girls, he's like, "What? What are they for? Uh, breeding? You know, like literally the most animalistic of like des- desires. You know, um, he's interested in sexual, and then like he like the, he gets the list, and it's like, oh, fresh meat. Like that's what uh, or that's what he's yeah. getting the list as, and he's and he smiles. He licks his lips and smiles. He's He's an animal because the Chimera Ants allow him to be an animal and yeah. reward that. Where, you know, Komugi is a human and changes, like, um, a Meruem for the better. And, like, which is... So he <laughs> he is worst boy. He is the complete yes. opposite of Komugi. <laughs> right. And, um, because, you know, so, you know, that they're the two people in the... The two humans in the palace. And, well, I guess what I think is interesting is that, like, Komugi, by being positive influences Meruem positively, or Bizef doesn't influence the ants at all. He's just taking advantage of the situation they created. Like, they're already animals, basically, so him being more of an animal isn't going to make them worse, even though he's, like, from a human morality perspective, he's a he's an absolute piece of shit, you know? But he's not making the ants worse, he's just taking advantage of that. Um, and uh, it's a good contrast in writing, basically. Um, it's, it's good. It's very good. Um, but anyway, uh, Nov gets into the palace... And I think, like, because, yeah, he was written out of the story, basically, um, with the way it, like, um, and I, I figure part of that is also, like, his ability is really powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, he, you know, um, it's he just creates voids and stuff, like, he, cu- he cuts off the chimera ant's head, uh, the guard, the one just walking around, so. I mean, he definitely um, has one of the more, in- like, one of the most interesting men abilities, I'd say, in the series. And I mean, like, there's a lot of a lot of use you could you could get out of it, like practically speaking. Um, because I mean, like, the fact that you can just teleport anywhere, and you have like this this big room where people can fight or you can store things or whatever. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot you could mm-hmm. do with that. Right. So, like, because it's already like a very complex. Like, the, the 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 palace invasion is already like this. There's so many like character things going on and abilities and uh stuff and, and so like nov adds a whole like he adds way more to that i guess so it makes sense to have him written out and also it like works with the story like even just from his first appearance where he's like mocking or he's like looking down on kill and gone for being children and then oh yeah they just don't uh, get what they're up against and then he sees what they're up against and <laughs> he can't take it so yeah. it works on a character level but it is also um you know convenient for the story in a good way like it were it, 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 it's good on a hundred does things people bitch about, and, and uh, it, but they work because it's a good story. Like, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, the the uh, I do like this whole sequence of hi- of him seeing uh, Pito's aura because like you see like the visual of uh, oh I'll be I won't just be killed I'll be tortured and you know cruelly, and then he goes outside and he just like he breaks like once he's safe he just like. He he lets all he he just becomes super, he he just starts shaking and his his hair immediately starts going gray like it's ugh, it's it's kind of rough. Um, well, and he's also kind of put in this position where, um, you know, I guess you could take kind of similar to to Gon at least. Oh, I'd say Kilo as well. Like they're, um, in a sense, like trying to do something for Kite. Like they're trying to rescue Kite. Here you have a, a like a scenario where um he all he can really do because like he knows that palm his disciple is you know in the palace um but there's like he can't even bring himself to you know do it for her sake to like try and go help her out because like he's i mean he's just completely i don't know he's he's just broken he doesn't have the resolve (sighs) yeah and in the page with like gone and killer running after the creepy pito face and he's just like how how are you able to face it again and 
so but anyway we see palm get into business bizef's uh uh underground hideaway and i don't think we see palm like they mentioned like oh yeah we haven't gotten contact from her which is not a good sign but uh yeah we don't see her in this next chapters i believe so anyway next we get uh leol um and his fight against moral under the in the in the cathedral yeah, and a big underground, underground chapel yeah. and it's yes ah, it's, it's such a cool set piece and this fight uh I, I don't know. Mor- yeah, Morel's powers are really versatile, and they're really cool. Yeah, I don't think I like this one as much as the Chizu one, but it's still really, like, you know, it's got neat powers playing off of each other, and, you know, he comes up to with a win in a really simple way, and um, I think I had something to say about the fight. Hold on, let me find it in my notes. Um, oh, yeah, I guess, like, because um, he was like, going to be a king, and I don't. I think he even says that he doesn't really believe in God, but he dies in a church, so there's a bit of irony there, I guess. Um but uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say about the fight other than that. It's, it's interesting, and yeah, he wins in a a simple way by draining all the air from the the underground cathedral and drowning him. <laughs> I think it's also kind of interesting, um, although maybe from like a pretty I don't know, I don't. Know, but I, but I, I always found it kind of interesting that like um, Morel's ability involves like smoke, and he's got like this big pipe, but yet he's got like these massive lungs, whereas. You know, maybe it's not like cigarette smoke, but I think like, oh, how how does that make his lungs stronger? But I don't know. It was always kind of an amusing little... Doesn't have little... to make sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Because he, yeah, he's a smoker, but he has the best lung capacity in the world by his own admission. Or by his own, uh, you know, self-admitted, or yeah. Yeah, there's there's even the little, um, there's the thing where Leo was like, could he could he stay under underwater as long as a whale? And I mean, it's just, I don't know. Morel's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't find this fight to be as interesting as as the chitu fight um but it is it's still it's still a fun fight and like the the way the powers play off each other is cool although i guess it's a pretty short one because the guy's just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna drown you i'm gonna i'm gonna stab you and um morel's just like nah i'm just gonna breathe <laughs> yep um more yeah more inexperienced guys like he's because he's stealing an ability it's not his own yeah and then yeah he gets wrecked um anyway then we go back to killua he wakes up um <laughs> He gets in contact with, uh, he's in a really shady underground, like, um, medical facility, but he's just, like, he just takes it at face value, um, and he's already pretty healed anyway, um, and he goes being a sad octopus boy who doesn't like being called an octopus and killer is just like, yeah, come on, we're friends, and <sighs> he's good. Yeah, like the part where he call goes, like, are, like, are you sure I can come along? And is like, he just kind of gets, like, that, like... Almost like pouty, like sad face. He's like, "Fine, you don't have to come." <laughs> but it's obviously like Ikoko wants to come. Like he wa- he wants friends. He wants to be around friends. And ah, Ikoko's good. They're good boys. Yes. Um. But it's also really interesting because um, Ikoko is like the first friend that Kilua has made by himself. That like wasn't like he that that he wasn't also like around gone and like kind of being influenced like by gone like this is the first time that Kilua goes out on his own and like befriends somebody and is able to in you know Ikalgo is a good um reflection on Kilua's development because Ikalgo is himself somebody who gets you know like his his um he's a killer and he has trust issues are you saying or that well, kind of thing? I guess something to that effect, because like where where Kilua was kind of like softened by Gone and able to open up and go out and like you know not not be a killer and you know like be, make friends and whatever. Like Ikalgo, Kilua is the light for Ikalgo in the same way that Gone is Kilua's light. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, yeah, and uh, mm, 
because it does happen faster because like i guess kilo or ikalgo was naturally like softer than Killua was where like with Killua was a longer process with ikalgo even more he he gave him an opportunity to bring it out by being good basically i mean i guess you're um, right ikalgo's not a very edgy boy he's a pretty round boy he's a pretty soft boy. he's very soft um and octopus like they're very squishy and chewy apparently um but anyway yeah um they talk about how Nov is out of it. I already mentioned the phone call where he's like, yeah, Melioron really hit it off with Knuckle, um, which is funny. Um, then we go back to uh, the ants, and I think we're getting to... No, almost not quite, not quite. Um, but Poof recognizes that, you know, Merrill making concessions for Komugi. So he's like, oh, he, uh, he's going to beat her soon. But then he's like, no, let's take a break, half a day break. And he's like, ah, shit, she's going to cause problems. And he's right. He's 100% right. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, he, yeah, he's, um, like, he, he realizes it, if he killed her now, then, um, he would never surpass her. Um, so it's like he, he'd, uh, compromise him being the king of kings. Cause, like, you know, I do remember, like, I think the last, um, Hunter Hunter Alexander video I saw was his Shia Poof one, and it was good. Um, cause it brought up, like, the conversation we're about to get to, and Shia Poof in general a lot, where he's, like, um, you know, he sees, like, he wants Merrim to be his ideal perfect king. And as Meron's becoming more human, he's not being that. So, um, uh, there's a cutaway as the characters talk about, like, Palm and the stuff, but it's, uh, I didn't have anything to say about it. I just want to go back to the, the ants, because the ants are, um, have interesting stuff. Oh, yeah, I also forgot that, like, the last, um, 30 or 40 or so chapters, whatever, that were, like, in this stretch, it's all just, like, number, part, number. So there's, like, six, part, five, uh, five, part... Yeah, part two part two, one part three, because I, I think it's like well, it's kind of like York New, but I think it's like days to the uh, palace assault. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's yes, definitely so. like the like a countdown. Like we're getting yes. to. So I mean, like it, it is pretty cool. Um, but it's also it, it's easy to meme on because like, oh, did you like ten part six? I thought six part ten was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, Tagashi, of course, like when you know he, he chapter like he's had fun with chapter titles before so they're definitely like kind of i i think in general they're kind of an afterthought like uh-huh. um though there are authors who do cool stuff with them um and yeah the the freaking the the joke in the greed island one where um what was the city name like we're going to the city and then are they really going to the city like that was funny um yeah um so yeah komugi starts to awaken her nen um not even like she's very much like the kind of genius master like um bills or the knife maker or something like that where she just like awakens it naturally and it's a very like specialist ability like and uh-huh. she's like oh i want to record all these moves by playing them she wants to take a break um and there's uh, there's a uh, uh Mero asks uh what komugi's name is and because you know he's never cared about another person before and then she she flips the question on him and he's like shit i don't yeah. have a name um and then, you know, he's finally, like, wanting to be an individual beyond just the purpose he was born for, which was, you know, to become King of Kings. Um, you know, he's just been following his his nature, but now he's, like, you know, he's had things outside of that nature that are, you know, changing him. And, you know, he asks the Royal Guards uh, what they think. Um, you know, Poof's like, you're the king. You just need, you're just the king. You're, you're the perfect ideal. So, yeah. Um Yopi, oh, I also, I, 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 don't, I don't remember exactly what Alexander mentioned in the video, and I'm just repeating things he's, I, I know he did say in that video anyway, so I'll bring up, because uh, Yopi, um, Yopi. he's like, yeah, uh, Yopi, what, how do you pronounce it? I, I'm pretty I'm sure it's Yopi. Yopi? Uh, yo, uh, I don't okay. know, normally your mispronunciations don't bother, but that one I just <laughs> thought was kind of funny. 
Yuffie. Anyway, um, he's like, because if I remember correctly, he's the only um, of the royal guards who isn't born from a human. He's born from like a magical beast. So he's just like, yeah, I'm below you. Like, um, even though he does have like the evolution of animal capabilities of like, you know, choices and stuff, he's still like seeing himself as like just, a, you know, a beast in service of something greater, basically. Um, and of course, Pito's just like, yeah, do whatever you want. You're the king. Um, you know, seeing him for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember that little, um, that piece of Alexander's video about like the specifically like the, the individual dialogue interactions here. It was, well, yeah, which, ooh. uh, which to be clear, he, he, he did quote the comment that he, that pointed that out to him. So, you know, he expanded on it and touched on it in the video, but like he did, uh, quote the comment that, and showed it on screen that he, you know, pointed that out to him. So it's like, yeah, yeah. He, he gave credit where it was due. So, um, I just don't remember the, co- I, I don't, I, I only partly remember the video, let alone the name of the comment. Yeah. Too, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this leads, I really like this whole, like, this whole, this whole chapter is really good because, like, um, he's thinking about, um, like, Merum starts thinking about just the, just getting existential and he's talking about how, like, um, you know, yeah, normally, normally a Komugi would have just been sorted normally and just, like, and most likely ended up dead, um, like, it's all, like, the, the system that they're putting in place only rewards combat, and he's recognizing the strength outside of combat, where, like, yeah, and he even says, like, oh, yeah, I killed a child on the way here. Maybe that child would have grown up to be better than me at something. And Poof, like, is freaking out, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then he's like, man, having a lot of power feels good. And he, okay, and Poof's like, whew, okay. Yeah. And it's like, and then it gets better. It gets better. Yes. Because... I love to see where he goes into see Komugi and she's being attacked by just a bird, like an animal, like a relatively small animal is like able to like scratch her and harm her and she can't do anything. And she's not, she's not even crying out for help because, oh, it's night. I don't want to bother people. Komugi! Ah! (laughs) But like, and it's so, because like what's, it's interesting because he's sort of like recognizing like, yeah, there's different powers, but like what really matters is strength you know, power, like, you know, he, and he's like, if so, I'm the strongest, therefore, like, you know, like, it feels good, like, because there's a bit earlier where he, like, he likes being surprised, like, oh, the point of, you know, eating isn't, like, only to eat the rares, it's, like, not knowing whether it's going to be rare or not, like, he likes the unexpectedness of it, but here it's, like, um, like, he's just enjoying his strength, and, like, yeah, he, there are other powers, but his power is the strongest, except not really, <laughs> <laughs> because he loves Komugi, or he cares about, like, emotions are the strongest power, because, like, yeah, as much as, it's for as, you know, he's way stronger than her, but he can't kill her because he cares about her. And so, like, all that power doesn't mean anything in, in regards to, like, in, under his emotions. And, because cause she's too moe, and you have to love her. <laughs> Even this edgy, edgelord, like, king of kings can't help but love a moe girl. <laughs> Oh, uh, look at her cry. Oh my god, she's so good. <laughs> like, no, it's... Such, sorry, did, did you have things to say about the moment? Because it's such a good moment. I mean, no, I think I think you pretty much covered it. Like, it's... Ah, uh, it's... It's good. It's good writing. Yeah, he doesn't understand, like, why... What is this creature? Why can't I kill her? What do... Like, what... He, he doesn't understand what it's like to love someone. <laughs> uh, oh, there's another bit after that where going back to Gon and them is, uh... Like, Killua talks about how, like, yeah, you can investigate the guy that you're going to kill no matter what, but, like, you know, something that unexpected is going to happen on the day you kill them. It happens all the time. <laughs> so he's, like, basically admitting, like, yeah, something weird, some weird coincidence is going to happen, because that's what's going on. Like, it, just the fact that Nov was able to get in was a big coincidence. Um, but it's interesting. 
you know, I guess it's kind of like the whole thing where, you know, characters will set up a plan and it's like, okay, how is this plan going to go wrong? Um, exactly. That's just the trope. If they talk about the plan, the plan's going to go wrong. If they don't talk about the plan, it'll go off without a hitch. <laughs> and they've talked about this plan, so... <laughs> it's more about managing chaos than anything. Um, well, I mean, yeah, like, I think, like, chaos theory is a big <laughs> factor in yes. the, the palace invasion. That'll be a fun discussion. But yeah, they, they, yeah. <laughs> they cl- conclude that uh, the king hurt himself, and they don't understand why. Uh, the ants expect that the humans are going to infiltrate through the crowd um, that's being herded like cattle into the capital. They sort of go over, ruminate over their thoughts um, before the the invasion, because obviously they're just going to come in straight to the palace. There's a moment where like Kilo is being observed, and um, oh, once in a while he seems so sad, like <sighs> everyone's. Everyone's getting tense and getting ready, and <laughs> then there's like one last uh, right before or right after they uh, right before they they move. Um, there's a big two page spread with Merrim wondering uh, why was he born, um, and just getting again getting really existential. And that's about where the reading uh, ends off. I probably went through about that a bit faster. There's a lot of dialogue. I just don't remember if I have anything to say about it. Um, do I you mean, have I really to say? do like that two page spread with with Metawim. Like, I know it's it's very similar to like the the heart in Bleach, where it's just kind of you <laughs> very know, minimal, or space. like a man's dream never ends from One Piece, where it's yeah, lots of negative, lots of negative space, and yeah, but but, but uh, yeah, it definitely does feed into like the the existential um, sort of feelings because like it's just him standing in a void, and he's like, why am I here? Like, for what reason was I born? It's oh no, it's really effective and. That was just the first half of the arc. Um, <laughs> I, I expect the second half is probably going to be quicker um, to go through, but we'll see. Um, and then we have one more after that with the the um, where we're also going to be reading the uh, Karapika special, I think, and also doing our character rankings and fights and arc rankings. So look forward to that in the um, and look forward to next time where we find out what series we're reading next. So yeah, final thoughts on the first half of the Chimera Ant arc. Um, like, how do you feel about, like, because you said, like, oh, York News is your favorite so far. Um, is that still hold the hold true? Because, especially because, like, you seem to like the anime of Chimera Ant better, but it, um... You can't do this to me. You can't, you're, you're asking me which of, which, which of my children is the better. You can't do this to me. Uh, okay, I'll wait two episodes. Um, then you have to. Then you have to. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna okay. have to happen. <laughs> I mean, like it's 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 a good it's a good fucking arc. I don't I don't know what to I don't know what to say. It's a good series, yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. And we oh, uh, so this is our longest episode, I think, that isn't the the finale. I think because I'm looking at my recording, and it's three hours and forty five minutes. Where like I'm pretty sure like we've had lo- long episodes. Like at Fishman Island was like three and a half hours. So maybe the, with the cuts, this one will be about three and a half hours too. But like I know the longest were the. Uh, the end of Naruto and the end of One Piece, or end of One Piece, the last episode of One Piece where it's, you know, those were like four hours long. So, um, damn. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.